This podcast is a production of WCWP, LIU Post Public Radio. Check out our lineup of original programs, listen live, or support by visiting WCWP.org. This is Review and Preview on WCWPSports.org. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Review and Preview, folks. I'm your host for tonight, Kyle Russo. With me tonight is Mike Dawes, who will be engineering our show for the first time. So, Mike, congratulations and good luck tonight. Tom, (laughs) Tom, Chris, and James couldn't be here tonight, but I promise these next two hours are going to be a fun time. So make sure to stay tuned. First, I'd like to give a shout-out to Mr. Tom Scavetta. I'd like to thank Tom for giving me this opportunity to host Review and uh, Preview tonight. Tonight we're going to be talking about the MLB, the Mets, the Yankees, the Jets, and the Giants. And and Review and Preview the rest of the games. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm very excited tonight. Uh, and then we will talk about some NBA. And because we're right around the corner, I figured this is the perfect time to start talking about it. Uh, listen to our live link online at mywcwp.org or wcwpsports.org. No Facebook Live tonight, folks. Sorry about that, everyone. Uh, have any questions, comments? Our call-in number is 516-299-2030. Again, our number is 516-299-2030. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, at WCWP Sports. And as usual, we are podcasting. All right, Mike, let's get right into it. MLB News. Angel, Shohei Otane will have Tommy, Tommy John surgery this offseason. Not good. Not good. Not good. It's not good. It's, it's not good for his pitching plans in the future. It's absolutely. Not good. Well, listen, as a two-way player... If he plans on continuing his career as a two-way player, this is not going to be helpful. And let alone, he will be out probably the entire 2019 season. Yeah, I'd say for sure. Yep. So not good for them. Not good for the team in general because he was really coming along as a two-way player. Being able to hit the ball again on base. In the beginning of the season, I remember watching him. He was, everybody was saying, oh, rookie of the year, rookie of the year. He He was hitting home runs. He was hitting bombs. And he was getting on base. I don't know about you. I didn't think he'd be able to do both sides really well, but he really proved me wrong. I didn't know if. I thought that he was going to do both sides really well. I just didn't think that the Angels would allow him to continuously keep on doing it. But because of the fact that they have a weak offensive team, I understand yeah. the reasoning behind it. But uh, Victor Martinez calls it a career. Finishes with a batting average of 295, 2,153 hits, 246 home runs, 1,178 RBIs. Victor Martinez, a five-time All-Star and a two-time Silver Slugger Award winner. Good career. Borderline Hall of Famer, I would say. Absolutely. Absolutely. What a career. Yep. Adrian Beltre, possibly playing his last career game at Globe Life Park. That's the Texas Rangers uh, Stadium, if you you didn't know that. Uh, Batting average, 286. 3,163 hits, 477 home runs, 1,704 RBIs, 121 stolen bases, four-time All-Star, five-time Gold Glove, Award winner, four-time Silver Slugger Award winner, and has hit for the cycle three times in his career, which is a shared record. Wow! Now that's a Hall of Famer. That's right a guarantee. That's yeah, a guaranteed, guaranteed Hall of Famer right there. Yeah, he uh, he's just like Victor Martinez, but he went you know just way better. So yeah, exactly, exactly. Definitely would give Beltre an easy Hall of Fame. Easy for sure. Former Washington National Jason Worth pleads guilty to DUI charge. Not. I did not see that. You didn't see that? No. That happened, uh, I believe he was accused of the actual, uh, I think he was actually arrested about a month ago on the charge. He then was, I 
believe he just had a court appeal in which he pleaded guilty. He's up to, I believe, $1,600 in fines, which is nothing to him. But, of course. And they are making him, they are putting him in a, uh, I believe, an alcohol awareness program now. So not good for the 39-year-old retired baseball player. Atlanta Braves win the NL East. Dansby Swanson undergoing treatment for torn ligament in his left hand. Dansby Swanson was the number one overall pick a couple years back, and yes. honestly, he just he just has not panned out. I, I truly believe that he just has not panned out. His uh, you know, his glove's been there, but his bat has just it's just hasn't shown up. Well, as a shortstop, we don't really know what you're going to get. You look at some shortstops around the league. Sometimes you have like a D.D. Gregorius, for instance. Yeah. The guy is a power hitter. He could do a lot of things. You look at this guy in Dansby, uh, Dansby Swanson, and his batting average is very poor. I believe he bats below 240 right now. Sounds about right. I mean, he just he can never put the – he's just have a good hitting season. Yeah, Like not sure. one. It's really bad. Not a guy that gets a lot of walks, strikes out a little bit. Not really that much. I don't know if he'll have that much of an impact considering, you know, tearing a ligament in your hand, obviously that's part of batting, that's part of fielding. I don't. I believe it was his left hand, which I believe is his – I don't believe that is the hand that he puts his glove on. I'm not sure, but that I don't. I don't believe that'll be a major impact of a loss. I really don't. Yeah, it just you know it's it's the defense, but I mean you know middle infield you got to have depth there if they're a good team and they're a good team. So I think they will. It's, it's not a backbreaking loss, is what no. I'm I don't. To say. Yeah, obviously, yeah. it uh, sucks, but you know they'll get over. It. Yeah, anytime you lose a starter yeah. and you and you make it to the playoffs, and I don't even know yeah. how many years the first time that the Atlanta Braves have been back to the playoffs and. In a long time. The Orioles have lost a franchise record, 112 games, will become third most amount of losses all time in the modern-day MLB era behind the Detroit Tigers in 2003 in which they lost 119 games and the 1962 Mets with 120 losses. That's not good, is it? That's No, that's not good. You know, that might be – that's in between a fun fact and not a fun fact for me. That is not good. It's more like the brutal truth. Yeah, a team that is completely starting over had traded away Manny Machado at the trade deadline. Really didn't get that many. Obviously, you don't know the the potential of prospects. Obviously, yeah. they were high prospects, but you don't know the potential until they start playing on the field. You know, you get rid of uh, you get rid of a reliever like Zach Britton, who's now a Yankee. He's he's god awful. But <laughs> this is a team in rebuilding phase. Adam Jones. I mean, at one point he was on uh, he was on waiver claims for teams to claim him. Nobody was, was claiming yeah. him. And then uh, another guy just got an update. Actually, thirty minutes before the show, Chris Davis, all time record, lowest batting average for an MLB player. One hundred sixty nine was his batting average. Oh my gosh! Yeah, he played all season. He played all season. <laughs> played all wow. season. I, it's terrible. This is a guy also who at one point in his career, I believe it was just two years ago, was hitting 40, uh, 40 home runs. Yes, when the Mets hosted the. Uh, all-star game that's when he was at his best i think in 20 ooh, like 2013 or something like that yeah he was fantastic that year and also uh buck showalter will be let go after the season like a mutual oh definitely definitely uh, departure i heard i'm surprised it's taking this long though you know for him for them to allow him to finish out the season yeah. especially with all this torture going on maybe it's just like some respect towards him but uh yeah i mean you got to make a change everyone's gone so gosman's gone jones but Jones might be back, though, because he's got this no-trade clause, and he loves Baltimore. His family's there. He declined to trade earlier in the season to the Braves. So yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens there. Yep. The Milwaukee Brewers clinched a playoff spot for the first time since 2011. Leading them to their playoff clinching is Christian Yelich, who's hit the cycle two times this season. 
very high up candidate for NL MVP, in my opinion. Yes. He is this team is this team is a good put together team. All around team. It's a good team. They got two guys in the starting lineup that have 100 RBIs. Uh, Jesus Aguilar, yeah, cleanup 105, I believe. Mm-hmm. And Yelich got to 100 the other night, like you said. This is a good team, man. They just yeah. got bats everywhere. You know, Lorenzo Cain. Lorenzo they Cain. got Travis Shaw. Yes. You know, the pitching ain't the pitching is not so bad either. It's not bad. The bullpen's not bad as well. No, but I yeah. forgot Eric Thames too. Eric Thames, Mike Mustakis. Yep. Scope who's been terrible, but yeah. I mean, they, they got they got good bats there. Uh, I think. Uh, I think they'll be pretty good in the playoffs. Definitely uh, will make some noise. Max Scherzer of the Washington Nationals joins a league crew with 300 Ks this season, 17th player to do so. Max Scherzer, a Cy Young candidate this year, up with uh, Nola and uh, Jacob deGrom, Mets pitcher and the Phillies pitcher. So, listen, when it comes to Max Scherzer and all these other pitchers in candidacy for the Cy Young Award, I mean, I don't know how you look at this. I mean, they all have losing records. It's really, I mean, Jacob deGrom having an ERA of 1.7, 1.70. I mean, that's that's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. That's it, it. But at the end of the day, you look at that record versus one of 17 players. Obviously, that sounds like a lot, but it's really not a lot. One of 17 it's players not a lot at all. to have 300 Ks, this, 300 strikeouts this season. A very, very, very phenomenal season for Max Scherzer. Speaking of the Nats, is this Bryce Harper's last game as a Nat? These next couple games, is this going to be his last couple games as a National? I think so. Where do you think he's going? Ooh, I think I think he'll stay in National League. I think maybe the Cubs are at play, if we're being honest there. But no. I, I do think this is the last game as a National. I don't know. I mean, he he sounded very. He sounded like he was pushing it off to the team, like you know, I, I kind of want to be here. Yeah, it's all up to you and what you want to do. But then he sent out. Uh, I think it was a, it was either on Instagram or a tweet in which he sent a series of photos of him waving goodbye to the uh, Washington Nationals fan. Oh, so I heard about that uh, with Chicago before the season even started. You know, Chris Bryant and Bryce Harper are very good friends, very good and they friends. talked about playing together. I just don't know what they would do cap-wise. Yeah, no, that, that, uh, that's for uh, the UFC to figure out. That's but, for him to figure out. Uh, Bryce Harper, and what if he's not had a good year? He's just not had a good year at all. No. What if he just, because, uh, you know, he said he wanted a $400 million deal. I don't think that's happening. But Not with his batting average yeah, this year. It's crazy how disappointing of a contract year he had. Maybe like a one-year deal to stay with Nationals and then just like boost up your stats and then go out for free agency? I don't know. I don't know if that's taking a – I don't know if he's going to be willing to take that kind of risk on himself considering, you know no, – uh, Yeah, I would not do that. He's been hurt in the past. I mean, to take a one-year deal. Yeah. I mean, you see guys like um, – you see, well, first off, you see the market last season, and the market at the end of it was very confusing. A guy like Mike Moustakis, who hit close to 40 home runs, only was able to get one uh, one year deal, $6 million from the Kansas City Royals, eventually traded to the Brewers. So you don't really know. Obviously, Bryce Harper, there's youth behind him. We've seen what he could do. And the guy could absolutely flat out play. But we don't know. When you give a guy that kind of money, you're completely, you're putting his, I mean, $400 million, that's over the course of at least eight years. So you're yeah. putting the hands of your franchise in Bryce Harper's hands. And with this batting average, I don't know if any team should necessarily do that or feel the need to even offer him a contract like that. Yeah, I think the $400 million thing is not happening just because you saw the market last year, like you said, and even J.D. Martinez got signed so late, he's probably going to win AL MVP. And probably. It's crazy. Speaking of that, next point, who will win the NL and AL MVP? Oh, wow. They have predictions. What a coincidence. Yeah. What a coincidence. Um. 
AL, I, I will go JD Martinez. I know his biggest competition is his teammate. Yeah. But Martinez, uh, way better OPS, a lot of more RBIs. I mean, the average does go with Mookie Betts, but I think the MVP there is JD Martinez for the AL. Yeah, you? absolutely. You know, he leads, I believe he leads all the baseball in home runs. I'm pretty sure. JD Martinez. And he's just an all around phenomenal player. Like you said, just the fact that he was signed so late, basically didn't even have a spring training, and has been able to perform this well at, su- at such a high level nonetheless. But Mookie Betts, like you said, his teammate, is also in conversation, definitely. But besides those two, I don't really think there's anybody in the race. No, I mean, the only other one would be Chris Davis, but the average is too low. Normally, he would be more contention if, you know, Martinez and Betts weren't going crazy like they are. Yeah. I mean, they're really going off. Yeah. And the AL now, the AL MVP, uh, this is a tough one for me. I mean, I've thought about it a lot in recent performances with Christian Yelich. I feel like I'm leaning towards him. But Javi Baez has just been flat-out phenomenal this season. And I, I don't know if you can necessarily give it to Yelich based on recent performance or consistency over time like Javi Baez has done. Um, well, actually, looking up stats, Yelich is catching up in almost everything to Baez. He has a, obviously a way better average. He's got one less home run. He's got, I think, three less RBIs, and he's right there in – Stolen bases and runs. I came into today before I checked these stats just now, thinking it's Javi Baez. I don't know. I think it's. I think I might choose Yelich now. I don't know. I mean, yeah. uh, Yelich would be my guy that I would be choosing. You know, yeah. just just the fact that I'm not saying this is completely based on you know this one thing that he did is based on the MVP decision, but hitting the cycle twice. It's unbelievable. In a season is incredible. Guys can't even. What's the percentage of players that ever even get close to it once? It, it just doesn't happen for him yeah, to do it twice in one season. Yeah, it's great. It's ridiculous. All right. On that note, we are going to step aside for a little break. When we get back, we will talk about the New York Mets and the New York Yankees. You are listening to Review and Preview here on WCWPSports.org. Good evening, and welcome back to Review and Preview. I'm your host, Kyle Russo. With me tonight, engineering the show, Mike Dawes. What's up? (laughs) All right, Dawes, let's get right into it. Let's talk about the New York Mets. I've been listening to podcasts over the last couple times, and Tom... And Tom likes this stat a lot. He does. It's the, fun. The Mets have been 64 and 82 since their last since starting off the season 11 and two. There's a, there's a, there's a fun stat for you. I know yeah. it's not a fun stat for Mets fans, but that's no, a fun stat no. to read. I mean, they they really fooled us with that 11 and two start. Yeah, they got they, they got us good. That got me a little bit excited as a Yankee fan just to know that the performances by this team. I mean, yeah. when we were talking about this team, I mean, we could go on and on. We were talking about the additions of this team and what they had added on, you know, having Vargas, a guy for Kansas City, even though Kansas City was terrible, he was still 18 and 10 as a record. You had Todd Frazier, who at the time was arguably one of the most coveted free agents, meaning in uh, in regards to uh, leadership quality. And, you know, that was huge for the Mets because that seemed to be their problem. You know, the dysfunction that Matt Harvey brought to the locker room and really no nobody leading the way on a on a winning path. Uh, the addition of, uh, I mean, they got Jay Bruce had a nice deal too, and Jay Bruce that's 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 the Mets guy, and it's just yeah. and he's he he was terrible, he's terrible, <laughs> yeah, it's he's, very bad. He's had you know it's such a Mets thing. He's had a good past month, and that'll be like okay, now we got some hope for next year. And they don't just do the same thing next year. It's the most Mets thing ever because he's actually had a very good month as well as like Rosario and Conforto too. Conforto, Conforto's might, uh, been phenomenal. Yeah, Conforto might get ninety RBIs yeah. out of nowhere, and. Uh, mm-hmm. I forgot who else. Who did they bring up? It was 
it was four free agents, four main free agents that they signed. They signed Frazier, Vargas, Frazier, Vargas, Bruce, Bruce and Swarzak. Right? Swarzak. Oh, Swarzak. Swarzak. I remember they were so happy when they signed Swarzak because first off, they missed out on one of the most uh, highly coveted relievers during that free agency time. I forget his name, but when they got Swarzak, they were there was Mets fans, you know, hating on him for real because of the fact that the Mets cheaped out. They didn't go after the main reliever that was on the market. And Swarzak was unhealthy the minute he came into training camp. He got hurt. When was the first time that he when was the first time that he came out? I don't even think he played till June. No, I think he had one outing in April. He had one outing in April. One outing in April, and then that's it. That's all he had. It's terrible. Terrible. And anyway, back to DeGrom. Finishes the season. 1.7 ERA, 10 and 9 record, 269 strikeouts. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. It's, right. it, that's I mean that's the only word that you could describe it. I mean when you when you see if only batting was behind him as a pitcher. And I'm not even just talking about record-wise for his mm-hmm. personal record. I'm talking about for the team in total. I mean, what this guy could bring to the table for a team that has some quality bats around him. I mean, like a guy like Cespedes, if he could perform at the contract that he's getting paid at, like a guy that Jay Bruce, even though you guys got him on a cheaper deal, yeah. perform at the contract that you were given. And and it's just, I mean, I feel, I mean, it got to the point where you thought every time DeGrom was going to start, they were just going to lose the game. It just, it had that kind of. Yeah, I saw an insane uh, tweet from someone who obviously ran the numbers. Yeah. If the Mets scored four runs a game for DeGrom, just four. Which, you know, it's asking a decent amount every single start, but whatever. If they scored four runs a game, he would be 30-0. That is ridiculous. That is ridiculous. That is I did, ridiculous. That is, that's a fun fact. I, yeah. That is ridiculous. 30-0. It's insane. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, they can't do that, so he's like 10-9 or whatever it is. Yeah, it's, he's 10-9. He finishes off the season 10-9. I mean, somehow got over 500. That is ridiculous. I can't believe he even got over 500, to be honest. It's, it's, it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. All right, I have the full stat here. All right. Four runs in each game, he beat 30-0. Three runs in each game, 25-1. and one. Two runs in each game, 20-6. and six. But instead, he's 10-9. and nine. That is disgusting. Three runs and he would have been 25-1? and one. Yes. Two, and he would have been 20-6. and six. A 20-game winner if they just scored two runs a game for him. And just remember that June and... Uh, that whole summer, they were terrible. They couldn't score at all. Well, from like May, from like May to mid-August, they were just god awful. I know. I'm pretty sure. Ooh, I don't know which summer month, but they won five and twenty-one. One of the months. I mean, that's that's terrible. I think that might have been that might have been June. That yeah. might have been June. That was probably June because at that point, that was when people were just pulling off the Mets bandwagon and was saying this is this yeah. is you know that eleven and two start was was not real. It was just a yeah. I mean, every single hitter went to the slump the exact same time, which is. Not you know, helpful usually to the not team. good. Yeah, yeah, it's usually not a good thing. Well, not just that, but guys were just getting hurt. I mean, Jay Bruce yeah. got hurt Frazier. early on in May. Frazier got hurt. Frazier had never been on the DL before this year, and now he had two stints this year. And then a guy like Cespedes too. When you oh, when you invest that much money in a guy, you expect him to play. Obviously, you can't avoid injury. Yeah, but I mean, this guy this guy was a guy who, when they went to the World Series back in 2015, this guy was. People were shouting MVP. This, I mean, the Mets fans. I mean, at this point, they just they hate the guy. Yeah, he just, he's he's just, just you know he's every time he talks, he just you know he's so arrogant. 
never plays, big contract. It's just he's, he's annoying. That's what he really is. Yeah. Another guy in uh, Ligaris who was starting to heat up, he got hurt too. That's true. That's a huge glove to miss as well. Yeah, in the outfield, yeah. in center field. That's, that's tough. To, that's really tough to uh, get hurt because you could, you could just put him in at any time. Like, yeah, he, he's not the best hitter, but, you know, you, you know you're getting A-plus glove in center field. And then at one point there was a discussion whether or not the Mets had brought back Conforto too early. And I think that was yes. a major – I think that was a – because I think they did. I think they were – I think they were too giddy about the 11-2 and start and felt, you know, let's keep on adding on to this because, yeah. you know, the Washington Nationals are going to catch up. The Phillies are going to catch up. Let's just add him back. He's going to give us some home run hitting. He's going to have a great batting average. He's going to have a great on-base percentage. I think they brought him back too early, and that's why you're seeing him now at this point in the season start to heat up rather than the beginning of the season when he came onto the field. Yeah, it's too bad he heats up in September. Yeah, yeah. Really too bad. Time. Well, the whole team. The whole team the is entire, heated up. In, oh, the entire team. Like, they're actually going to put up a – a pretty decent record from what you thought they would do back in like June or May. Yeah, there was a there was at one point where you thought they were going to lose. Not you personally, Mike, yeah, but no, where in just general. people in general were thinking this team was going to lose like high eighties, low nineties type of games, and you know they're still going to lose oh, yeah. around mid eighties, and you know still come away with you know some of the dignity in the season where they still managed to come back. I mean, they see the value and. Obviously, for Mets fans, you must be giddy about this, Mike, but the performance of Zach Wheeler oh, since, he's come, since he's come back. I mean, this is a guy who had trade deadline. They were talking about getting rid of him. Yeah, I remember on this show, Mr. Christian Klemazewski, he's like, oh, we should trade him for anything at this point. And I said, no. Yeah. Not because I thought he would post a under two second half ERA, which he has. Didn't just, he, wasn't he posting a better ERA than – did he uh, Did he have a better ERA than – DeGrom? Yeah, in the second half. In the second half, he had a better ER. Yes, which is crazy. I mean, Wheeler's been so good. Yeah. Wheeler. Maybe he's just a late bloomer. I don't know. Wheeler has had – well, he he also – he had to fight for his job at one point because he was was in Vegas at one point fighting for his job to come up. And then due to the fact that Vargas got hurt, and uh, I believe Harvey got hurt too at that point when he was still on the team, he was able to come up. And when he came up, he wasn't playing good, but – Zach Wheeler has one loss since All Star break and ten wins. His That's record is twelve and seven, with a respectable three point three one ERA, one hundred seventy nine strikeouts. I mean, as a Met fan, that's got to be something to look forward to going into the next season. Yeah, and then you look at next season. You got Degrom, Syndergaard, Wheeler. How could you not love that? And then as a fourth, you got Mats, who's you know potential. He's such a potential guy, but three a, three yeah. DL stints a year at least. Yeah. I mean, and even Vargas. I mean, Vargas. Vargas since August nineteenth has been five and one. I wish I knew that stat last night. There was a point in time in which I believe Vargas had more wins than Degrom. Oh, I'm actually I think so. I think he was tied at one point, which is just awful. Absolutely ridiculous. Not even comparable to two types of pitchers. Don't let the record fool you. Yeah, that's bottom line. Like we were talking about before, uh, before with Conforto, Conforto and Rosario have had. Excellent Septembers. Yes. They have had very, very good after starting off terribly. It's it's been very they performed very respectable, obviously in this last month of September. Even in the uh even the end of August, they were starting to heat up a little bit. But you know what? The the season doesn't start in September, it ends in <laughs> September, so you know, they might have to get the memo out there. Yeah, usually uh you should do this in April. Well, at least the second half of April. Or at they least, dominate the first half of April. Or at least the summer months. Try to <laughs> yeah, try to yeah. pretend like you're there. Yeah, for real. Uh, 
The Mets this past week, they won against the Nationals, and they beat the division champs, the Atlanta Braves, in the series 2-1. to one. Yeah, they did. <laughs> it's You know, it, it's very, it's just, it, it's hard for me to understand. It's just a viewer. It's like, you turn, you turn up your game, you know, you're at month six in a six season, in a six month season. I mean, and you and now you're turning it up. It's unexplainable. I mean, it's just it's baseball is unexplainable. It's no, but it, it's like just with this team. It's consistently with this team. They just consistently start to heat up. Yeah. After performing so poorly, like the whole month, I'm pretty sure you said at one point, Dawes, on the show, that the Mets, at one point, I. I believe you said it was one of the summer months. They had like a five and twenty record. Five and twenty-one. I remember that because I had the calendar at my house. Yeah. And I marked it, and the full month recap was five and twenty-one. It's ridiculous. I mean, even <laughs> you can't do that. Even with injuries to key players, that's still unacceptable. Because at some point, you're you're still playing. Sometimes, at least get the wins that you're supposed to win. I mean, they yeah. weren't even doing that. They were getting. They were performing better against the teams that were tougher. I remember they were performing well against Boston. They were performing well yes. against the Yankees. I mean, even the Nationals at one point, they were still performing at a high level. But it's ridiculous. It's just unacceptable. Now with three games left in the season versus the Marlins at home, what's to expect? Just just a respectable, at least take away two games? Uh, this is David Wright's weekend. I don't even... You don't even care about the performance. No, it's, just, it's, it's all dedicated. I mean, obviously I don't want them to like score you know zero runs through no, three yeah, games. No, yeah, obviously. Obviously. But, uh, you know, if they if they lose two out of three, it's whatever. Like I don't really care, but I just uh, I just want to see good baseball. Like so, I'm going to wait for next year probably, <laughs> which is not good. Or I could just you know watch the Yankees. So oh no, yeah. Listen, tough. you know, there's a, there's always room on this side if you ever want to convert over. And speaking Oof. of next year, <laughs> yeah, Peter Alonso. Oh yeah, he's he's going to be on the come up. He is a guy who's hit over a hundred RBIs, I believe, in Triple yes. this year. Absolutely, that's and a fact. He's gonna be. He's a first baseman, I believe. First baseman. First baseman. That's something they desperately need. Yeah. They desperately need with Dom Smith and Adrian Gonzalez. Well, Adrian well, Gonzalez at one gone. point. He's I long gone. About Adrian Gonzalez. That at was one so point, he was the first baseman for the New York Mets. That only lasted about a month. Now Dom yeah, Smith was, was in the rotation. Jay Bruce, I believe, played Jay a couple Bruce. games. And now, like next year when Cespedes comes back, you can't throw him in the outfield again. I know he's got a laser arm, but how many times is he gonna pull his quad in the outfield to? You stop putting him out there. Well, where do you put him at at that point then? That's what. Give him a first baseman's glove. I mean, I don't think Alonso's going to make the team from spring training. I mean, I hope he does. That means he earned it. Yeah. But uh, I mean, how many? I just, if they if they throw Cespedes in the outfield, he gets hurt again. That's just that's another wasted year on this contract. Well, they have a lot of depth in the outfield. When they have Conforto, you know, Lagares will be coming back. They have Jay Bruce. They have. Cespedes, whenever he comes back, I, mean, I don't Nimmo know. Nimmo has been great. Nimmo has been I mean, another guy. Good he's year. Been I mean, phenomenal. He's, he cooled down significantly, but he, he he's good. I mean, he, he's he been, walks. At he's least he's great. proven himself at one point. Yeah. You know, at the beginning of the season when Brandon Nimmo was heating up, people were making jokes and stuff and saying, you know, oh, Brandon Nimmo, who's Brandon Nimmo? You know, you don't buy a you don't buy a ticket to go see again and see Brandon <laughs> Nimmo. But at the end of the day, he's one of the Mets probably he's probably the Mets most valuable player. I w- well, I mean, hitter to ground. Well, yeah, yeah, obviously, hitter-wise. Yeah. No, I would agree. It's either him and Conforto or Sneaky. Jeff McNeil's been fantastic. Jeff McNeil has been very good. Jeff McNeil has been great. He, I think he, I'm pretty sure he's hitting like 330. Obviously, crazy small sample. Yeah. But he's been unbelievable. In the time period, he's been very good. Oh, he's been very And he's good. contributed to a lot of their wins, too, which yeah. is very, very nice to see. Dawes, like you brought up, David Wright will play his last ever game. Actually, he will pinch hit tonight. Learned that about a half an hour before the show started. 
But David Wright will play his last ever game tomorrow as a third baseman after two and a half years of absence. What can we yes. What can we expect from David Wright tomorrow? Uh, I'm going to the game. I don't know, man. I have no idea what to expect. So once we see some good at bats, it's nice that he. Uh, it's going to be raising him on the left side of the infield again for the last time. Yeah, that'll be great. But I don't even. I I have no hitting expectations. I just want to see him out there again because he, he he actually wants to play for the New York Mets. You don't hear you that never too hear, often. You, you don't hear, hear that any. too often. And, mean, and not just in this crazy. era. I mean, it's just in like it just in just in general. I mean, yeah. we're not talking about this since the 2000s. We're talking about just in general. We've never really. We've never really heard a player be like, you know, Dave Wright is a guy who's like dying to play for the Mets. You know, two and a half years of absence working to get yeah. back to this one moment to play one game at the end of the season. It just proves his dedication to the game and not only to the game, but dedication to the organization to yeah, come pe- back. And people are saying, why he just retire? I mean, the, I don't agree with that because he clearly wants to be here. You know, just like you said, worked two and a half years for, what, five at-bats, including a pinch hit tonight? Yeah. That's crazy. That's like, who does that? David Wright does because he— it's just his really, dedication. Yeah, this is going to be one of his best days of his life, yeah. which is crazy. It'll be a it'll be a high point in his career, and you know, with David Wright, another guy who really had David Wright for the time being, he was, I believe, he was a star. I think he was a star. Oh, yeah. And you know, when you're a star in New York, that's that's everything. And and the potential, barring the injuries that he had, the potential that he had to really, I mean, that's really the sad part, the gut wrenching part. I mean, I'm a Yankees fan. Yeah. And, but I'm not that kind of Yankees fan you know who's going to hate on the Mets. I'm a, I'm a Yankees fan who, if the Mets are playing my team, the Yankees, I'm going to root against them. Of course. But I'm a, I'm a New Yorker. I love my New York teams no matter what. I have no hate towards other New York teams. I want to see a guy like David Wright who's worked his butt off to come back to this point. Two and a half years. I mean, I, it, it's just a number. It looks like a small number. But two and a half two years and a half to work years. back to this point to play in this one— I mean, I'm not expecting anything, but it would be – I'm not – and listen, obviously the best thing that he could possibly do is, you know, when you saw Jeter retire, what did he do in his last game? Oh, He'll walk off that, single. That, that's what I'm thinking. He's that's, an unbelievable clutch hit. Like that's, I'm not expecting that, but, like, that would be, that would be, a, career, that would be a career high. Yeah, I would, love, I would love for his – you know, just a little David Wright, give me a dump hit in right field. Just yeah. give me a classic David Wright hit. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. The Mets play tonight at home. 7-10, Corey Oswald pitching tonight. The game has started. It's been going on for the past 20 minutes. Nothing really to talk about there. What can we expect from this Mets team's next year? Because I remember in the beginning of the season when all these acu- uh, acquisitions, mm-hmm. we were members of the show at that time. I, I believe it was me, Tom, and I believe it was uh, Chris. We were talking about this team potential record-wise. And, you know, at the time, I mean, even I was saying as a Yankees fan, I loved the acquisitions that they had made. They had a lot of potential there. I didn't give them the credit for it. I, I said they would wind up with an, a 500 record, 80 and 80. But guys were saying, you know, they have the potential to be a 90 win high 80 team, and they, they do. Yeah, that's not wrong. The potential part. Definitely I mean, yeah. I mean, listen, look at the, look at the cluster and this function that is the Met. Look at Jacob hmm. Degrom, a, a, a 10. And nine record, I mean, just like you said, Dawes, twenty-five and one. If they gave him three runs a game that he pitched, it's crazy. And just in general, there was a point in time where they couldn't hit at all. I remember they had like a solid two weeks where they couldn't get on at all. Yeah, he was losing games going seven deep with no runs, and then they lose two zero in like the ninth, and he got a no decision. That happened all the time. Yeah, I mean, they really couldn't score. 
and it's terrible. And you look at this team and the potential, they're probably, I believe they're at 74 wins. Don't quote me on that. I believe it's a, it's somewhere mid-70s. Uh, probably. The uh, It's interesting, the uh, Vegas uh, before-the-season win total for the Mets was high 80s. And, you know, obviously that's going to smash the under. Yeah. They didn't uh, get that. The Mets are 75 and 75. 84. 75 and 84 with three games <laughs> left. So, you know, not saying they're going to win the next three games, but they should win at least two. Yeah, you know, I know for the respectable record of 77 and uh, 84. 77 and 84. You know, that's that's respectable. Oh, it'd, be, it'd be 85. 85. That's respectable for what they've gone through as an organization in total. You know, the beginning with Matt Harvey, Oof. Mickey Calloway is the new manager. Getting on, I when I look at this Mets team, the worst thing probably for them, and you know we joke about it every time we talk about the Mets, was that the worst thing for them to happen to them was that eleven and two start. Oh, it's terrible. Because I believe they they took advantage of that at that part. They were just underperforming from there on out, not yeah. underperforming, but just they just they were just doing terrible. And also, you know, obviously they weren't an eleven two type team. So yeah, like that just. That just didn't help at all. And then from there, you have Mickey Calloway just embarrassing himself almost every day with the batting out of order, the, just the terrible comments, just like implying his team's going to go on a tailspin. He said that. He didn't need to say that. Yeah. It's just that you're right. That 11-2 record start was not good. No. In hindsight, obviously. Yeah. So what can we expect from this Mets team for next year? Assuming, you know, obviously you have to assume everyone's healthy. I think they could they can compete for the East if everyone stays healthy. But that's an inc- that's a crazy ask because it never happens. Well, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'd go along and say compete for the East. Obviously, listen, I don't think that they're gonna have, I don't think that they will be in playoff contention next season. But I believe that they could have a little bit above five hundred, maybe around an eighty. What can they go around? They could probably get around eighty five wins. I mean, right. if if this guy Peter Alonso is the real deal, if he's the real deal and he's in your batting order, that could potentially cause a lot of harm to other teams. Yeah. You know, a full season of Michael Conforto, hopefully Cespedes comes back healthy, proves why yeah. he got that contract. Jay Bruce, I mean, it was just terrific all season up until this point. He had three home runs going into, like, mid-August. Yeah, it was not good. It was terrible. But uh, for the next year, I wasn't even thinking about the hitting. I mean, if they could just get, obviously, DeCrom's not going to, I don't think, he's going to post another sub-two ERA, but he has another great year, which I think he will. He's a great pitcher. You get Syndergaard needs to, uh, he needs to start 30 games. He yeah. needs to. And if Wheeler could, you know, do something like he's doing, that's an insane top three. Yeah. That's huge. And yep. then say you sprinkle in Mats, who's a four, That's I'll take that as a four. Then, you know, Vargas, whatever. But if they can get the three aces, then I think if the hitting stays healthy, it's obviously best-case scenario. I think 90 wins, but that, that's about it. Also, I don't know what they're going to do in free agency. I have no idea. Well, when you look at everybody, I think the only guy when it comes to health that you really just question is is just Cespedes. I mean, like just yeah. like you said, I forgot who you said, but was on the uh, was on the DL two times. Oh, never Frazier. Been, Frazier. Like, a guy's been healthy uh, throughout his entire yeah. career. You know, getting on the DL twice in one season. But anyway, let's go to the Yankees now. Yes. The Yankees have been five and two in their last seven games, winning both series against the Orioles and the Rays. And Judge, I'm not going to say he's been good. I'm going to say he's. I think he's been decent. You know, when you, I broke my wrist before. You lose a lot of you lose a lot of movement in your hand, especially with a guy who has to work the outfield, a guy that has to hit the has to hit the ball at a high percentage to really compete yeah. at this point. In his return, not in his return, but over the course of the period since he's returned, he has seven hits, 
five RBIs, very respectable. This past Saturday, the Yankees clinched home field over the A's for a playoff spot. So at least that worry as a Yankees fan and other Yankees fans across the country can stop worrying about because the Yankees, for one thing that we know, they are very, very good at home. I think the biggest worry for me as a Yankees fan was not even the presence of Judge not being there, but was the fact that they had, there was a big possibility that the A's were going to wind up having home field advantage. That was a big concern for me. Yeah, actually, I don't think that thing is true because I think they clinched the playoffs last week, but the, the scenario I heard today, you know, very unlikely. If the Yankees got swept and the A's got swept, then it's in Oakland. But the magic number is one. If the A's lose one game or the Yankees win one game this weekend, then it's at Yankee Stadium. Yeah. So you're looking good for that game being yeah. in the Bronx. Very good. You could basically pencil it in. On that same day that that news came out that the Yankees had clinched, I believe that was the day that they clinched home field. Not a playoff spot, but that they clinched home field. Well, no, they definitely didn't quote clinch home field yet. They didn't? Because the magic number is one to clinch home field. Th- so. Aren't they two games above the A's? Yeah, but there's three games left. Oh, yeah. my bad, my bad. That's all. Good. So this past Saturday, well, actually it happened in, uh, yeah, it did happen in Saturday's game. Mm-hmm. Didi slid into home field, and I believe either Sunday or that same day, there was news that came out that he had tore some cartilage in his wrist and that there was potential that he was going to miss the rest of the season, not be able to play in the playoffs. So very, very lucky to pull out with that one, yeah. having him healthy, still being in the batting order. I mean, I don't really know what to expect from D.D. batting-wise. I mean, I know what he's going to give me from the field, but batting-wise, I mean, like I said with Judge, having having something in your wrist broken or either torn or something like that, losing motion to the point where it's going to hurt every time he's going to yeah. swing this bat. It's going to hurt a lot. So I don't really know what he's going to give you, but obviously great for the Yankees to have him still in the lineup. Oh, huge for him to be back. I couldn't believe he's hitting six or seven today or something like that. Yeah, he's hitting uh, yeah sixth. Yeah, it's great. That's awesome to have him back because, you know, once if you didn't have him back, you know, the situation, who do you play at short, like all that stuff, you'd rather just have your shortstop be there, Yeah, obviously. Obviously. And he's a... I mean, he's, he's an all around. He's yeah. just an all around type of player. He's not a typical shortstop like we were talking about earlier. He's just a, just a power hitter. That's what he yeah. does. I mean, he's. I believe he has around twenty eight or twenty seven home runs this season. Probably he had some April. It was crazy. has a lot of RB. Yeah, he had like ten home runs in the yeah. month of April. <laughs> ridiculous. Speaking you know, of ridiculous, been good. Speaking of ridiculous, Luke Voigt has Ooh. been phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> in the month of September, well, basically not just the month of September, but since being a part of the Yankees organization, I believe mid. August, late August. He's just eight home runs in the month of September, 19 RBIs in the month of September. He has a 319 batting average. It's 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 ridiculous what this guy's done. I yeah, mean, and no. he's contributing to key, key games. And how about giving up good old Chase and Shreve for him? Unbelievable. That's That really turned out well for the Yankees. I mean, Luke Voigt has saved them from this Greg Bird debacle. Oh, that's another thing, too. I mean, it really gives me... As a Yankees fan, it gives me some uh, it gives me some comfort because when yes. Tyler Austin got traded, I thought that at one point Cashman was grooming, well, not Cashman personally, but Cashman was grooming Tyler Austin to come up and potentially be the starting first baseman because everybody there was people before the season even started, before Greg Bird even got hurt in training camp, where they were like, you know, Greg Bird could possibly be the best hitter for this team. I mean, and he's yeah. just since obviously he's hurt again, but since being in the lineup, he's just been, he's just been terrible. Yes, he he's been awful. I mean, and, and it gives me some comfort at least knowing that we have a guy like Luke Voigt to come to next, and he's a power hitter too, which yeah, is and phenomenal. He's, and he's hot right now, which is perfect timing. 
perfect timing going into the next offseason. And I think the the Greg Bird stuff, I mean, it was I guess it was warranted. He's a high, you know, higher uh, regarded prospect. And he's lefty built for Yankee Stadium. And he's just he's really bad in every every uh, post game interview. He's sounding very arrogant. Say so he's going to have eight thousand more at bats in his career. I, I hated that comment because he's terrible. Right he now. can't even stay on the field. Yeah, I mean this guy, he's just shooting himself in the foot. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Severino last two starts, he's won. He's looked he's looked pretty solid. Looked pretty solid. Will he? He has one more start. Last game of the season, I believe, in Boston. Mm-hmm. Will he get to twenty wins? He's playing, I believe he's matched up against Rick Porcello. Uh, if he pitches, you know, will he go five innings is the more important thing here. Against this team, I don't, I, ju- I just question. I really do. Yeah, I, I mean, guess the only thing that lines up, maybe the Red Sox, like, don't play their guys on Sunday if everything's, like, even home <laughs> field's wrapped up. Well, yeah, know. they're already, they're, they're locked up. Yeah, so like at this point, there's really, for sure. I mean, they're probably going to wind up, if anything, they'll probably wind up benching a Mookie Betts or J.D. Martinez yeah. or one of them at least. Because at that point, there's no reason to play him. I mean, you That's risk true. injury. Yeah, that would that'd be a terrible thing for the last game of the season, and those guys get hurt. So you know, what? I, I give him I give him a pretty good chance to get 20, which would be very misleading for that for his like yearly stats because he had a terrible second he was half. Awful second half. He was yeah. the worst pitcher in baseball second half of the year. Yes, Miguel and Duhar. When he was first brought up, I didn't really know the expectations with him or the potential with him. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of hype around him. People knew he could hit the ball. People didn't believe in his fielding, and that was the reason yes. for holding him back. And his his fielding is still in question at sometimes. It's, sh- it's shown lately; it's not good. But but the performance that he has at the plate is is ridiculous. Hmm. This this man has twenty five home runs, if not more. Is he a lock to win AL Rookie of the Year? I think so. I think it was locked when um, number one Otani got hurt. And stop doing both ways. I think a dual threat would win. But once he got hurt and once Torres had that crazy slump, I think it was locked in. Well, yeah. Well, once, uh, well, after Torres got hurt early, because he, he had a ridiculous yeah. start, and then he got hurt, and True. they just came back, and he just didn't look the same. Yeah, but, but and Duhar's been there producing for all seasons. He's, he's been clutch. He's been clutch. Yeah. I remember uh, I went to the, when they played the Blue Jays, I believe it was two Fridays ago, he hit. Although they wanted up losing the game eight to seven, he had a clutch. Uh, I believe it was a grand slam, a clutch. Grand. Wow. He came into pinch hit, and he just, he just, he's just a phenomenal player. And you know, he's going to be a guy that's going to be in the Yankees organization for hopefully a long time. Speaking of home runs, Yanks break all-time record for most players on a team with ten or more home runs. They have eleven players on their roster that has ten or more home runs. Wow, I, that's that's new age baseball for you. They have eleven is eleven players, crazy. eleven players, and it's it's ridiculous. It's it's truly ridiculous. What, like you said, Dawes, what baseball has become has just become a home run era. But even at that point, to have eleven, 11. guys on your roster, <laughs> eleven. I mean, guys lot. don't even have four. Yeah, I mean, you have eleven. That is a nice, a huge number. Not nice, huge. That is a lot of comfort room. That yeah. is a lot of comfort. Again, speaking of home runs. Yanks have 260 home runs this season. Will they get five more against the Sox in the series to break the all-time record? The 97 Mariners, 264. Will they get the five? I think so. I just, I, you know what it is? I just don't. This pitching is so phenomenal coming mm-hmm. from Boston side. I just don't know if there's going to be any room for error. I mean, you have guys like Porcello pitching. I know Avaldi is pitching one of the games. I don't know who is pitching tonight against Hap. 
Um, but I just I just don't know. Brian Johnson, but I have an update for you. One nothing Yankees via a Gary Sanchez home run. So now it's four. It's four now. Now it's four. It's four, ladies and uh, gentlemen. That's doable. That's, that's so doable. That's doable. Well, listen, what what inning is it right now? Uh, top of the third. About to be mid-third. Plenty of time to get more home plenty runs throughout the rest of the game. They hit four the other day in one game, so plenty of time. Plenty. So, like I said, Yanks versus Sox. Hat plays tonight. Lynn plays tomorrow. Severino on Sunday. I'm going to give Severino the benefit of the doubt, and I'm going to say that they're going to be able to take two games out of the series. I think Hap, Hap has just been phenomenal, one of the best pitchers in baseball since yes. being acquired by the Yankees. So I, I truly believe in him. And when it comes down to it, you know, there's a big question roaming around, and this could potentially be a make or break for questioners of Aaron Boone. Who will start in this wild card game? I mean, this might be one of the toughest decisions in baseball. The ones that, I mean, this is a rookie manager. I mean, this is when it comes in, and this is no hate to Aaron Boone, but this is when it comes in when you have a, a veteran GM, uh, manager, yeah. Joe Girardi. This type of decision is a hard decision. This could, this could either make or break your team. Oh, for sure. Because this is, I mean, I remember, I remember last year, I mean, Severino, in the first inning, I mean, I thought oh. they, let up those home, <laughs> they let up that home run to Minnesota. I'm like, oh, great. The game's over. Didi, you know, they took Didi saved the day. There. Didi saved the day that day. But, uh, listen, I don't know if this could be the same for Oakland. I mean, Oakland, they got a guy in Chris Davis who could actually just nail the ball. They you got, know, especially they in a small part, a small yeah. outfield. So, Definitely, I would say the A's – this A's team way better than last year's Twins team. I don't think it's no, close. without a doubt, yeah. without a doubt. Just the only difference is, you know, they the Twins had the starting pitcher, the A's do not, but the bats is is what's going to be able to carry them. Yeah, so, so, what is the what's your prediction for this game, Phyllis? Oof. Um, assuming it'll be in Yankee Stadium because that's very likely. Uh, I don't know. I think I think the Yankees will win the game, obviously, but who do they start? That's tough because Hap goes today. They are actually undefeated in Hap starts, which is crazy. Yeah, that's fantastic. He's that's, been, that's why you trade for someone. He's been a phenomenal it. acquisition. At first, I thought it was gonna. I thought they were gonna regret it. You know, giving up Drury, who you still had three years of control over, and yeah. uh, oh, the left fielder, the oh, left fielder, uh, McKinney, something like that. Brian, uh, Billy McKinney, yes. Yes. Who obviously we had a lot of. The Yankees had a lot of outfield depth. Probably didn't mm-hmm. need him, but still a very valuable player in the future. But like you said, those Hap has been phenomenal, and I think he's going to be the guy that's going to start in the wild card game. Because I know, I mean, Tom has brought up in the past where he said, you know, Tanaka has the argument to start, but I don't, I don't really know if you could go with Tanaka. And I mean, and Severino has depleted himself. It can't be Severino. And obliterated himself into not even a thought anymore. Yeah, I would say it's between Hap and Tanaka. This is a dangerous thing. Obviously, the winner plays the Red Sox. Hap has phenomenal numbers versus the Red Sox. This is a dangerous game. Do you look ahead and go Tanaka and say, all right, say we win, then we have Hap for two games versus the Red Sox? I don't know. That's a question for Aaron Boone. That's, but, that's, that's, that's actually a really good point. Yeah, it's, it's, it's risky, though, because I would say right now Hap is definitely better than Tanaka. But, so you, but playoff Tanaka is a different animal. So, so are you going with it? You just like counter? I'll go, I, I would go Tanaka, even though he Tanaka? got shelled his last start. But, I, think I, I think I'll go with Tanaka, too, just because of that one point that you just brought up, you know, having Hap. You know, two times against Boston. I mean, he's yeah. arguably our best best pitcher right now. I mean, that's really going to help if we get him two times against Boston. Because once you get past Boston, I mean, yeah. it could really be you know, you could really do some damage and possibly even uh, dare I say get to the World Series. Because I mean, Boston is really, I mean, Houston is not the same team. No. I, I don't think they're the same team. And uh, after after Boston, I mean, there's really, I mean, obviously you would have to play Houston, 
or whoever Houston was playing at that Indians, point. Indians, yeah, but in, probably but, Houston. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and with Boston, once say whoever Boston plays, Boston has every bit of pressure on them, winning over 106 games. I don't know the exact number, but the, the Yankees, if they get into that series, they would be obviously underdogs, no pressure on them, and I think that's dangerous for the Red Sox, very dangerous. And on that note, we are going to step aside for a little break. When we get back, we are going to talk about MLB playoff predictions, team of the week, and Thursday night football Rams versus Vikings last night. Uh, you are listening to Review and Preview here on WCWPSports.org. Welcome back, folks. This is Review, uh, Review and Preview. Uh, my name is Kyle Russo. I will be your host for the rest of the show. And with me tonight, Mike Dawes, who will be our engineer. First time tonight, Mike Dawes is doing the engineer for us, and he's doing a great job, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, thanks, man. No problem. No problem. So, MLB playoff predictions. MLB playoff predictions. We're going to start with the AL first. Okay. So when I look at the AL, you know, you see the Yankees have to play the Oakland Athletics in the wild card game. Yes. Then whoever is the winner of that game has to go play Boston. Then you have Houston versus the Indians. Then the winner of the Boston series and the winner of the Astros-Indian series. When I'm looking at the AL right now, I really, I truly believe that the Yankees will wind up beating Oakland especially if they get home field. At home field, they're just a whole different type of animal. Yeah, we should just go on the assumption, assuming they're getting home field, because they're already beating up the Red Sox. Well, beating up 2 nothing, but... Yeah. So, yeah, I do... I will give the Yankees a huge edge in New York. I mean, it's not even close. So, under that uh, assumption, like you said, now they're playing the Red Sox. I mean, that's I mean that's just that's just tough. I mean, that goes back <laughs> to your point where you said, you know, having J.A. Happ for two games could potentially make or break a series at that point yeah. because he's arguably your best pitcher. I mean, you don't have any... You really have no consistency in the rest of your pitches. You know, you could argue for a Tanaka, but CC, you don't know what you're going to get from him. Are you going to get? I mean, last year playoff, CC was phenomenal. He was arguably our yeah. best pitcher. But are you going to get that same kind of production? Probably not. You know, Sonny Gray is god awful. <laughs> I forgot all about Sonny Gray. Lance Lynn, you know, he's been he started off well and then he's just been downhill ever since. And like we've been talking about for the last two months, Severino. I mean, he's just yeah. he's he's been very bad, very bad. So, you know, granted, the Yankees wind up winning. Well, if the Yankees wind up winning against the Athletics, I mean, I don't I don't really see a way in which they can get around Boston. I really don't. Because, I mean, the mm. pitching is just better, and the all-around hitting, I think, might be better. You're talking about Boston's hitting being all-around better. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with that for sure. Well, I mean, when you have probably the, the definitely the AL MVP and then the runner-up within your top three, yeah. that's, that's a little crazy. Yeah. So I would definitely... I would, you got to give the edge to the Red Sox, but I would not be surprised the Yankees scrap out a Game 5 win just, you know, playing with house money at that point. You know what it is? I'm just banking off the fact that we are just going to be – I mean, I'm going to wind up picking the Red Sox here. I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm banking off the fact that, you know, we just – you just got to win at home. I mean, because yes. when you get back to the Bronx, you just have to win at home. I mean, obviously you want to take one game away in Game 1 or Game 2 against the Red Sox, but – you have to take advantage of the fact that this is your this is your town, this is your field. You gotta you gotta show up like you did last year. Last year they only lost one game at home in the playoffs. That's unbelievable. And they lost like every single road game. <laughs> the only I believe the only road game that they won was the uh, the game five in Cleveland. Or something game like that? game five in Cleveland. That's, that's that was the only game they won on the road. That's crazy. Now to the other side, Houston and the Indians. I mean, I just I mean I. I mean, obviously, I think Houston has has the edge 
just playing yes. just playing on their field, on their turf. I just when you look at this Indian team, not that they're a bad team, I just the lineup after Carrasco and Kluber is just not that good. And then the relieving core, you know, is just not strong. They got the relieving they got some quality names there, but all those names have been struggling. Andrew Miller, especially, he's yeah. just been. I mean, he literally. Yeah, it's, he went from one of the most highly coveted, yep. arguably one of the best relievers in baseball, to just just another guy on a roster. Yeah, but the only you know what keeps them in there is that uh, Lindor Jose Ramirez combo start the lineup. That's yeah, that's fantastic. It's not. It's like a slightly less version of Betts and Martinez. But then, like you said, with Kluber, Carrasco, Trevor Bauer, that's gonna if they if they win the series, it's gonna be because of those guys. They each throw. Like two each of just shut down performance. But yeah, is yeah. that likely? I don't think so. Probably not. So, so I assume by that statement you're going to take the Astros. Yeah, no, I'll take the Astros. So now we got Red Sox versus the Astros. Yep. Who are you going with? Who's going to the World Series? I mean, this is actually like really tough. Like, it's not. Yeah. I mean, people see this is not even close. Like, you know, the obvious choice is Boston. I don't really think that's the case. I don't think it's the case at all. I mean, it's just. You look at the pitching depth on the Astros, and it's just... It's crazy. It's cra- what they're capable of. I mean, because they're just... I mean, Verlander's hmm. straight-up phenomenal. Yeah. I and mean... And he's clutch, as we know from last year. Garrett Cole, I mean, phenomenal. Phenomenal. I mean, I I remember back in December, January, when Yankees were trying to trade for him, and they wouldn't give up Clint Frazier. No. And, they, and they regret that every day, probably since. Oh, they have to. I Especially mean, now that they crazy. gotta potentially wind up playing Houston if they do move on to that spot to wind up playing them. But I, I, I'm gonna go with Boston. I'm just gonna go with Boston because of the fact that I think the hitting the might hitting. be better. I the think hitting the home great. run hitting might be better. That's the only thing. And plus, the road to the World Series to the AL goes through Boston, and then that home field is is insane. Just like the Astros have a crazy home field, but Game Seven, if there will be one, will be in Boston. Yeah. It's huge. I. Hmm. I think when it comes down to it, I would take the Astros just because they've been there before. But I expect I expect every AL series, except for maybe Indians, you know, Astros, to be just be wire to wire phenomenal series. Yeah. So I'll give I'll give the uh, edge to the Astros there. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give it to the Red Sox. I just you know mm-hmm. it's just when you come to when you look at Houston, they probably have better batters. But they're not as good right But they're now. not going to – those are not the guys that's going to wind up putting – those are the guys that will get you on base, not necessarily yes. bring runs home, as the Red Sox do. I mean, just having, like you said, Mookie Betts, J.D. Martinez, and other guys that could just hit the ball deep. Yeah, I would say if you combine both teams, the best two hitters are Betts and Martinez, but then maybe the next, like, five are Houston, but the top two, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. I just can't get over how good both of those guys had uh, seasons-wise. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. So now we, now we switch over to the National League. Gets a little complicated here. It gets a little complicated because nothing is official yet. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we kind of have an idea. We don't know exactly who's going to play who yet, but we kind of have an idea of mm-hmm. who's going to be there. So let's just do it based off of that. Okay. Let's look at who's probably going to wind up being there, and let's just go through not every, not through every step like the wild card, ALC, uh, NLC, DS. In this point. But let's just go, who do we think is going to want to make it into the World Series out of the teams that are basically here? So, you know, you have Atlanta that clinched. I love Atlanta. I think they're a great team. I just think they're too young. They I are. just don't think that they're going to want to – I mean, having two of your main guys, 
you know, in Okuna Jr. and Ozzy Albies, you know, basically not, I'm not going to say carry you because you had Mark Akis and you have uh, Freddie Freeman. Freeman, stud. And you have even, even Sean Newcomb was phenomenal oh, pitching this season. year. Yeah. But I, I just think they're too young batting-wise. Um, I agree with that. And, you know, right after Newcomb, you got, you know, Fultonavich, Gosman. That doesn't really jump off the page, especially when you look at these other National League teams with their starters. Didn't they bring in Cabrera, too? Uh, Phillies did. Phillies brought in Cabrera. Yeah, the Phil- oh, the Phillies. Oh, yeah, man. that's not. That's brutal. Yeah. But uh, I would say, gambling-wise, to reach the playoffs, the uh, World <laughs> Series, I would take either, you know, for a long shot, Atlanta or Colorado. But how are the Cubs not the favorite to come out the uh and yeah, I, I don't. I don't. I mean, I would pick the Cubs to come out the NL. To come out the NL, I. You know what? It. I just look at this. When you're on a hot streak, yeah, you got to wait for somebody to put you out. And you know, Milwaukee is just. I'm looking at Milwaukee, and they just. I mean, there's no flaws in this baseball team right now. There's literally no flaws. I mean, they're good. If they're not pitching well, they'll beat there's, the hell out of you with batting. Yeah, yeah. And, and their clutches, exactly. they're so clutch. It's unbelievable. It's it's ridiculous. So, I mean. As a team that's literally, I mean, they were just put to pieces, not really expected to do anything this season. I mean, obviously, the acquisition of Lorenzo came, but mm-hmm. nothing really expected there. You know, having Eric Thames, Travis Shaw, I mean, obviously, the addition of Mike Moustakis is phenomenal. But, I mean, Christian Yelich, I mean, how many times can I say it? I mean, I think this guy is not a clear cut, but definitely it's either one or two in the MVP discussion. Oh, yeah. Well, when they give the award out, he'll be uh, one of the three sides of the screen, for sure, waiting to hear his name. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah, it's just, it's got to win that wild card game because anything could happen in that wild card game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Well, listen, when you look at Chicago and Milwaukee, I mean, it's still up for grabs. They're only a game and a half behind. So, at the end of the day, I mean, yeah. Chicago falls off and how many how many ever games they have left? It's probably around three or four or something like that. Well, Chicago actually already won today, but uh, the match number is two. The Which, magic numbers too. That's it's doable tomorrow. It's doable. All right, let's go to team of the week. Let's go. Let's go to team of the week. Thoughts? I'm going to start off with you. All right, good. Because I feel like we're the same team for some reason. All right, let's go. I'm going to go team? with the Colorado Rockies. That's that actually was not going to be my Ooh, team, but I understand okay. that. That's a good team. Yeah, I mean that's solid. They've won seven in a row, seven in the last ten. So, I mean, they uh, a couple, not a couple. Like 15 days ago, they were about three back in the division. Now they're, now they're winning the now, division. Yeah, now they're a game up on the Dodgers. I mean, yep, that's unbelievable. The Dodgers, oh man, they might not even make the playoffs. They might not even make the playoffs after having. That's not gonna, and especially, you want to talk about a team that's gonna get a lot of hate, especially after acquiring Machado. I mean, that should have been guaranteed success. You can't even make the wild card game. Exactly, and when your payroll is that high and you don't make the play, well, they're right now in the playoffs, but. They miss out with that payroll in LA. That's with that roster, I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, Kenley Jensen is not the same reliever, yeah, which has probably true. been huge for them this season. Huge. The absence of his presence, or at least what mm-hmm. we once saw as his presence and what he's capable of, that's obviously huge. And when it comes down to clutch games like this, you know, in the remaining how many ever games Dodgers have left, it's probably around two, three. Yep. They just yeah, three games. It's it, they need. I mean, you never want to have your future held in somebody else's hands, and that's what the Dodgers are in right now. Because, like you said, Colorado right now is on what a seven-game win streak right now. Uh, seven. So again, another team that needs to cool down in order for the Dodgers to even make the wild card. So that's not a 
it's it's just not a good position to be in. Yeah, so the Rockies, that's that'd be my team of the week for sure. Because, I mean, when they're swinging the bats well, when they're in Colorado at night, that crowd is crazy. They are almost unbeatable in Colorado when they're hot. Yeah, it's crazy. And I you can't, know because of I the, can't wait to see playoff games there. Uh, the terminology, what I'm, the word that I'm thinking of, uh, the air factor in Colorado. You know, it allows the ball yes, to get out of the park. Of course, the altitude at a much high the altitude. That's yeah. what I couldn't think of. The altitude in Colorado. The the ability that they have, especially with the power hitters that they have. I mean, oh, Trevor Story has been phenomenal. Trevor Story, Nolan Arenado, Nolan Arenado right under the MVP consideration, I think. But it's a good team, man, because it goes Blackman, LeMahieu, Arenado, Trevor Story, Carlos Gonzalez actually had a nice year this year. Yeah, it's Cargo, an, it's yeah. an unbelievable team. Yeah. It really is. All right, so my team of the week, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Milwaukee. I mean, nice. I, I've been pumping them up for the last about an hour now. I've <laughs> yeah, been pumping them up. Talk. So, when you just look at this team again, I'm going to say it again. They just—they really have no real potential. You know, when you look at some teams, they really—you could point out one thing, and you could really drill them for that. When you look at the Milwaukee Brewers, you just can't. There's really nothing that you could hate on them or like pin on them that they could say. You know, this is what's going to make you lose when you're in the playoffs. They don't really have that. You know, and just the fact that it's been seven years. Since they've yeah. made the playoffs, that's also huge. And just the roster that they have, it's just... They're so deep. It's insane. They're ridiculously deep. They have... Oh, my God. This, I'm looking at this team. This team, there's not... That's what I'm saying. There's just really no flaws with this team when I look at it. I mean, even if everybody in their outfield was to get hurt, hmm. they have a guy, a vet, and Curtis Grandison as a backup. I mean, it's just... It's ridiculous, and I mean, it, late accusations at the trade deadline is is just it's it's going to carry them. They did it a truly really good is job. Gonna, they did a great job, and they have a lot of potential, I believe, in this playoff, uh, in this playoff race, and I believe that they could go deep. I really do. That'd be a nice team to put a little wager on there, because that that'd be a nice payout, especially a, if they're in a wild card game. A betting man, a betting man, <laughs> and uh, I I thought the Brewers were dead at one point because their star yeah. closer Knebel got hurt, came back, was terrible. But then they had, you know, former starter Jeremy Jeffress come in and just slam the door shut. Plus, I mean, Josh Hader, what a season. I've never seen anything like this since, like, Eric Gagne. Yeah. This season from a reliever has been, it's been crazy. Yeah. They've so had a. That bullpen is they, phenomenal. They, they've had a, not a successful summer. They, they've had a decent summer. I mean, the month of August wasn't so great, but September, they've just, they've just been great. September, the month of September. Big month. Yeah. For good teams. Yeah. Especially when you're in the same division as the Chicago Cubs, you yeah. got to really, you got to really push. And even even the Cardinals at one point, they were pushing Milwaukee. Oh yeah, when Matt Carpenter was swinging that stick around, I mean they they were real close. What did he have like? What was it? Seven home runs in a row in each game? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. And even the Pirates got close, but they you know they cooled down. They fell off. Yeah. But uh, I looked up Josh Hader's stats. I mean he's a reliever. He's not even a closer. He comes in in the sixth, the seventh, wherever. Yeah. He's six and one, eleven saves. You know here and there. Yeah. 0.8 whip, 2-2 ERA with 140 strikeouts. That is crazy. Yeah. 140 strikeouts from a reliever. Yeah. That's that's he's phenomenal. And I think a guy like that is how you win playoff games because he can come in for two, three innings and just shut it down. Yeah, he's definitely going to be feared when it comes to that ninth oh, inning, yeah. eighth inning. Yeah. So I I, I love your uh, your Brewers team in a week. No, listen, your Colorado team is definitely a good <laughs> one too, man. All and right. Teams. Next segment, we are going to be talking about. Last night's game, football, yes. Rams versus Vikings. You know, I look at this game, I watched from beginning to end, 
And it's just you look at this team and you just don't know. I'm speaking the Vikings' behalf. You just don't know what went wrong. I mean, obviously, listen, Everson Griffin is phenomenal and all hope to him that he gets the help that he needs. But is he really that? Like, I'm not questioning his ability because we know he's a phenomenal player. There's no doubt about it. But is he really one of the main, I don't want to say main, but really one of the major flaws for this this team to be performing and letting up this many? I mean, I know Sean McVay is an offensive guru, genius. Genius, yeah. I mean, in 38 points, I mean, this Rams team going into this game is averaging 35. But you're the Vikings. You had one of the best defenses last season. I mean, even the week before, you lost to Buffalo. That unexplainable that was, at that's, home. That's not even explainable. They they were like 17-point favorites they in this game. They certainly were 17-point favorites. It was, I know that. It's ridiculous. So I don't know where you where you start with this team. Because when you look at this team, watching this game last night, the offense is not the problem. Everybody goes straight to Kirk Cousins. You know, you say, oh, you're getting paid $84 million guaranteed. It's your fault why we're not succeeding. No, Kirk Cousins put 31 points up on the board last night. It's not yeah. th- it's not his fault that the defense is letting up 38. He threw some dimes last night too. It was he was on point last yeah. night. And just what you said with Everson Griffin, yeah, it's a big loss, but you know, you lose him and you give 38 points. No, there's other stuff wrong there. Like as you said, like it's not just cuz Everson Griffin's out. Yeah. So I agree with you there for sure. Oh. And this Vikings defense last year, you know, feared. I mean, this was a good, very good team and now to give up this many points. It's it's alarming, that's for sure. You know, when I I look at this game, I mean, obviously 38 points is a lot, but when you look at this generational type of team that we're looking at in the Rams, and I'm going to say that mm-hmm. because it's just it's ridiculous the it's performances ridiculous. they've been able to have. I mean, this is this wasn't necessarily the game that was scaring me. It was the Buffalo game. I mean, they were making Josh Allen look like a number one pick. Meanwhile, he wasn't. Yeah. I mean, you saw that hurdle play, right? That was unbelievable. He's that like was six ridiculous. Yep. I can't believe that happened. Not just that, but just, I mean, they were tearing him up running-wise. I mean, they were, Josh Allen was throwing dimes down the field. Yeah, I mean, this is this is, this is a real concern for the Vikings. And they were at home, too. At, at home. It's crazy. It's, <laughs> that was that was one of the craziest outcomes I've ever seen to a football game. Yeah. Yeah. That was crazy. No, but, yeah, last night, I mean, the Vikings offense is clearly not the problem. No. Oh, their offensive line shaky. I mean, how many times did Kirk Cousins get hit on a handoff? That happened like twice. I've never seen that in one game. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I just could not believe they got there so fast. I mean, you saw last night, Thielen Diggs. I mean, that that is an insane combination of wide receivers. Not Dalvin, just that, like, but. A terrible game, too. But now coming up, Aldrick Robinson. I mean. Yes. Two touchdowns off two receptions. So, you know. Yeah. It shows the depth that they have in weapons, and they're not even, you know what it is? We're not even seeing guys like Kyle Rudolph get recognized. Exactly. I mean, even a guy like Laquan Treadwell, who got drafted, I believe, two years ago, he's coming up now on this team. So it's not the offense. I mean, when I look at this team, I knew last night that the running game was just not going to, you're not going to yeah. get yardage against Ndamukong Sue and Aaron Donald. It's just not going to happen. It's not happening. <laughs> but down the field, they, they succeeded. They had two players that had over 100 yards receiving in Diggs and Thielen. But there's, there's something wrong with this defense. And that's really yeah. what's killing. They have a one-two and one record. That's ridiculous. It's not good, especially when your head coach is a, a notorious defensive guy. I mean, yeah, Mike, Mike Zimmer, Zimmer is as, as defense as it gets in this day and age. And just, it's just unexplainable. Like what they have, and they have good players all around the defense. Like yeah. they have a uh, Danielle Hunter. I mean, Xavier Rhodes, Linval Joseph, Linval Joseph, Harrison Smith. I mean, it's it's crazy. Anthony Barr, Sandejo. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. Here. It really doesn't. So, I don't know, maybe it's like a, a coaching defensive coordinator type thing. I have no idea, obviously. Uh, I don't know. I mean, because there's, there's plenty of 
you know, sometimes when you see with defenses, they just they, they don't play as hard because the offense isn't showing up. I mean, because they, they see there's no – that's what happened with the Giants last year. It looked like the defense mm-hmm. quit because the offense just couldn't do anything. Yeah. I mean, the defense was on the field the entire time, <laughs> yeah, and the offense couldn't do anything. I mean, and that's not the case here. I mean, the uh-huh. offense is absolutely performing. So, I mean, the uh, Vikings have to figure out the problems quick because week four yeah. just passed, and they are 1-2-1. One, one. Yeah, now uh, – Not a good record for a contender. Yeah, and now the Bears look – you know, they look way better than the Vikings. They got to really shape up for this division gets out of hand. Yeah. Really. Not just them, but, you know, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. It's just not, not good. To the other team, the Los Angeles Rams, 4-0. Are McVay and Goff unstoppable? Are they unstoppable? I mean, just it's just it's a it's I like mean, a, it's like a yes and no. I mean, just ridiculous. I would say yes. I mean, how could you say no right now? You can't. Well, not just. You I can't. mean, you look at this too. When you look at when people talk about Brady and Belichick, is this what this is becoming? Four hundred sixty-five yards, five touchdowns. I mean, this guy Goff was labeled bust last year. Yeah, he was labeled no, not last year, two, two years, years ago. ago. Yeah, last year was he was labeled out. bust. I mean, and, this, and McVay comes around, and this offense is just godlike. You know what? The best part about McVay, he designs plays where receivers are wide open. That's that's a good idea, I would think. That is, that I mean, every single play, someone's wide open. And how many drives did they have four plays or less in touchdowns? Well, you know, that's a. That's, I'm pretty sure it was like three or four drives. I know for sure they had two four play touchdown drives and one two play touchdown drive. Those they had four players on their roster last night that had over 100 yards. They had that's Gurley, crazy. who totaled 156 yards in total, not just rushing but receiving. Yeah, all purpose. That was he had nice. a touchdown. Then you had Cup. Balled out for my fantasy team last night. Oof. 162 yards, two touchdowns. Wow. Brandon Cooks, 116 yards, one touchdown. Robert Woods, 101 yards, one touchdown. I mean, that's just, I don't even care if your defense is bad. That's still unacceptable. That's unacceptable. You have four players that put 100-plus yards on you? That's crazy. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's ridiculous. It, it really is. I mean, this play calling, though, I've never seen offensive play calling like this. Like, you know, I made a joke, like, every play someone's open. But, like, every play someone's open. Yeah. It's insane. Because like, well, they have a lot of threats. I mean, Robert yeah. Woods turned into a name. Uh, apparently it's a steal that they signed him from Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. And people saw that as a ridiculous contract given out, but obviously not. Because, you know, you, you have the depth and the receipt. Even, even when uh, free agency started, you know, people said, oh, Sammy Watkins let out the door. Why would you do that? I mean, even though he really wasn't a main factor last season, they really – uh, focus more on uh, Gurley out of the backfield, using him as a pass catcher, Cooper Cup as a rookie, and the new acquisition of Robert Woods. You know, why would you let go of Sammy Watkins? But obviously, listen, they they don't they don't need him. No, they don't. They don't need him. And not just we're we're talking about this offense, but this defense. Wade Phillips. I mean it. I mean this is this defense. I mean this defense. When you look at it, it's like a fantasy defense. <laughs> Yeah, it's like something you draft up in Madden. Yeah, it's, you know, you, uh, Marcus Peters, Akeem Talib, Adamkin Sue, yeah, Michael actually, Brockers, Aaron Donald. Yeah, Mark Barron even just Mark Barron everywhere. I mean, phenomenal. he's being a linebacker, safety, he's doing whatever he wants. Yeah. But I actually thought I thought the defense wouldn't be as great because they scrapped them all up at last, like, you know, free agency, a bunch of signings, trades. But, I mean, it's it's good. <laughs> it's yeah, a good it's, defense. It's phenomenal. That D-line is ridiculous as you just named those guys i mean utterly ridiculous yeah i mean they every, every team that they play against it looks like it's just it's just not a, they don't have a run game the opposing yeah. team they just won't have a run game it takes completely yeah. i mean dalvin cook last night what he i believe he had uh i believe he had 10 attempts and like 20 yards or something like that i mean something how many carries like, did he get he got hit in the backfield like yeah it was all night yeah all night yeah so 
I'm going to end off the segment by asking one question. Are the Los Angeles Rams Super Bowl favorites? Not just to make it, but to win it. I think it's not even close right now. They have to be your Super Bowl favorites. And Vegas says so, too. They are currently the active Super Bowl favorites betting-wise. But how could you not have them as favorites? I mean, they, they're doing everything perfectly. My only thing with this team is, and like you said, Dawes, it's just they scrapped this team together. It looks like at last second. Yes. And, you know, obviously it's not showing. I think a main factor to that when it comes to opposing teams is, you know, you don't know what to expect. How do you run up on a defense uh, if you're the opposing team with offense with, you know, Adam can sue, Marcus Peters, and Akeem Tlaib? I mean, how do you how do you even attempt to go at that? I mean, you're basically shutting down both your receivers yep. and you're stopping the run game. But when you look at this team, like you said, they just haven't been together a long time. You know, last year they were heavy favorites to make it to the NFC Championship game, and they got knocked out in the first round by the Falcons at home. So, I mean, this team is still young. I would definitely say NFC Championship favorites. I don't know if I could put all my chips into one basket and say Super Bowl favorites. I just don't know because there's other – I mean, you got other guys who are not offensively dominant like the Carolina Panthers. You got teams like the Saints. I mean, they could yes. just – Drew Brees just – He's a god. We'll talk about that later. Of but course. he's he's a god. All right. On that note, we are going to step aside for a little break. When we get back, we will be talking about the New York Jets and the New York Giants. You are listening to Review and Preview here on WCWPSports.org. Good evening, and welcome back to Review and Preview. I'm your host, Kyle Russo. With me tonight, engineering, Mike Dawes. All right, Mike, let's get into it. The New York Jets. Last week... The Jets on Thursday, I know you guys talked about it on last week's show, Friday's show. I wasn't here, so I'm going to bring it up. Embarrassing loss to Cleveland. It's just, you know, you don't – I mean, going to that game, I saw posts from my friends on Instagram and Snapchat and tweets and everything, you know, posting a picture of the Jets, and it, the caption is, don't lose to this team. Just don't be the one to lose to this team. And, you know, Cleveland, they proved themselves. I mean, they really uh, – they should be a team that's 3-0, honestly. Oh, yeah. They should be I a team that's that. 3-0. I mean, and it's really embarrassing for these other teams that are experienced, like Pittsburgh and the Saints to even say that. But they should be. I mean, barring a terrible, terrible performance by, at that time, their kicker, Zane Gonzalez, they should be a 3-0 team. I mean, Tyrod went down. He was 4-14, had 19 yards. Then he, got a, then he had a concussion. And then the Baker era begins. It begins. And uh, with the Browns, should be 3-0. I agree. They're not even a good kicker away from 3-0. They're a decent kicker away from 2-0. Yeah. Zane Gonzalez wasn't that bad. They're 3-0 because they just flat-out outplayed the Steelers. They outplayed the Saints, except for the score. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, usually that's important. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, going to that game as a Jets fan, I just it just it felt like it was coming. I obviously bet the Jets heavy but because I'm an idiot. And it's just... The first half, I was like, "All right, we're we're not going to lose. This is fantastic." And then, well, yeah, and then and then Taylor yeah. got hurt, and then oh, never that, that, that was the game season, changer. If if Taylor, Taylor season, the Jets won by thirty. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. I mean, the Browns' defense held the Jets in total to two hundred sixty-eight yards, which is not good. Not that is not, good. not confirmed. Not good. <laughs> but when you look at that defense for the Browns, it's just like, you know, we joke about it, and you know, everybody jokes about it. You know, the Browns got the first win in. Since 2016, December, uh, Christmas Eve, uh, since Christmas Eve 2016, they got their first win this year, 2018, almost two years later. 
They got their first win against the team. But this defense is no joke. Like, this defense is a defense that's going to be solid on the come-up. I mean, Miles Garrett can ball. He can ball. He is. He's phenomenal. He's one of the best D linemen in the league already. And then Jamie Collins solidifies the contract without a doubt. Oh, yeah. And, you know, there was a lot of controversy when Cleveland picked Denzel Ward at the fourth overall pick. I mean, a lot of people, and even me, I thought they should have taken Bradley Chubb. I thought a formula of Bradley Chubb and and uh, Miles Garrett, that would have been unstoppable. I mean, you you have one guy coming on the right, and the left guy gets the, left guy gets the sack, vice versa. But Denzel Ward has been phenomenal. Phenomenal. I, Ohio State guy. Yeah, as an Ohio State guy, obviously I love the pick, super biased, but I guess when they looked at their team, the bigger need was No, corner. it was definitely it yeah. was definitely corner, but but uh, still, you know, it's he's uh, playing out of his mind. And it's yeah, great. he I mean that was I mean we could argue again back to Thursday's game. That was the that was the play in which the tables had turned when he, he was the one who forced the fumble against Robbie Anderson. Yeah. I he mean was, Robbie that was the worst time and place for a fumble. Yeah, that was what I was that? Seen. That was like what inside the twenty yard line? Yeah. Oh, I think it was inside the five. Oh, Ooh, you know what? I don't know. I no, it wasn't. It wasn't five. It wasn't five. It was definitely inside I, the twenty, but yeah. I don't know about the five. I think it was definitely goal to go because then they they stopped him, held him to a field goal. I think. Who knows? It was so long ago. No, yeah, they did leave him to. Yeah. No, actually, no. I think Carlos Hyde got the touchdown off of that. Uh, oh, Carlos Hyde had two, two yeah. touchdowns. I believe that was the first one. And that was, I believe, the two point conversion try. Maybe? That was the two point conversion try. I guess it yeah. was. Ugh. Gross. And yeah, but the Baker that. era begins. Seventeen to twenty-three, two hundred one yards. Carlos Hyde, twenty-three attempts for ninety-eight yards, two touchdowns. What a week Carlos Hyde had. Did you see that? I saw it all over Instagram after the post, uh, after the game. Not only did Carlos Hyde contribute, maybe possibly the the reason why they were able to pull out this win, not just because the Jets, you know, absent the entire second half, but Basically 100 yards, two touchdowns, and the guy had a kid hours later. And it was his birthday, I believe, two days before. <laughs> I mean, what a week. What a week. And gets a win for a team that hasn't won in two years. So what a week. It's great. I and, mean, a part of me wanted to be happy for Cleveland, but I was sick to my stomach the way they lost that yeah. game. But, and across that, another Ohio State guy, I mean, he he was great. He had a he, And he's having a good, very good season. Yeah, I believe he has four touchdowns. That offensive line is underrated. It's it really definitely is. underrated because it's – and Baker's a guy who's very valuable because not only is he a great, he's, he's a gunslinger, and he's a, he's yeah. a scrambler too. So he'll get you yards by on his feet. Yeah, the, the game changed completely when he came in because obviously he's got no tape on him. He just came in like a madman. He and with Taylor, he was throwing balls downfield. No, excuse me, Taylor was not throwing balls downfield successfully at least. And then Baker comes in, every pass is within is uh, at least fifteen yards, and they're completing every single one. Yeah, it was despicable. Yeah. <laughs> And Jarvis Landry ends off the game with eight receptions for 103 yards. You know, this team is definitely – this is not their year. But next year? But next year. It's it's their year. I mean, the absolute downfall of Pittsburgh. You know, with Le'Veon now up for trade talks. Yeah. Yeah, with – I mean, even though Joe Flacco is performing and they're winning games, you know, he's probably not going to be the quarterback next year. Lamar Jackson will. And, you know, coming in a rookie, you don't know what to expect. I mean, he'll probably – if he comes in next season, I don't know if he will because Joe Flacco is performing. Yes. But if Lamar Jackson comes in, you don't really think he's going to be that great, but you don't think he's going to be that bad. He probably won't help you win as much as contribute to losses. And the Bengals, too. I believe, I'm pretty sure A.J. Green is a free agent after this season. 
It's uh, either this season or next season. I'm not I sure. I believe it's after next season, but don't quote me. But even the Bengals, I mean, they're a team that's they're they're decimated on the on definitely on the run attack. I mean, yes. Joe Mixon is solid, but the offensive line is not that great. They don't have that much receiving core. You know, Tyler Boyd is Tyler Boyd is uh, showing himself, showing that he could play in this league, showing himself that he could be a second option. Yeah, and John for, Ross hasn't done anything. John Ross has done nothing for a guy who run the who ran the fastest forty ever. You'd think yeah. AJ, oh AJ, uh, yeah. Oh no! What am I thinking? Andy Dalton. You would think that it'd be easy for him to just throw yeah. a dime down the field, and John Ross would be there. But he's not even. John Ross doesn't even get the looks. As a guy who's drafted number nine overall, he doesn't even get the looks. Yeah, and Tyler Eifert hurt every single season. Yeah, and I mean, but it's weird. You could just pencil him in for at least six, seven wins every single year because Andy Dalton's just he's he's not bad enough to get his coach fired, obviously, and for them to get a top pick. But he's not good enough to win a playoff game. But he's right there, which is not good. That's not a good thing. Well, like, listen. 17, what is it, 17, 18 years of Marvin Lewis? I don't think anybody's bad enough to get him fired. Yeah, I think not, he's... Not even win a playoff game in his in his tenure? I mean, yeah. I don't think anybody's bad enough to do that. I think they should make a statue of him and just put 8-8. Eight and eight. That's, <laughs> that's Marvin Lewis right there. It's and back to, back to the argument of the Browns. I really think that this is not their year, but next year could definitely be a year in which they definitely yes. compete for the division. Because like we said, 3-0, that's what they should be at, really, if it, if, if it was barring for at least a decent kicker. All right, back to the Jets real quick. What to expect from Sam Darnold this week against one of the best defenses in the entire league, if not one of the best defenses that the league has ever seen? I mean, because that's really where they stand. I mean, it's really, again, when we talk about flawless types of teams, what's the flaw in the defense of which Sam Darnold and this offense could take advantage of? I mean, you can't, I can't, throw, can't it, one. You can't throw it over the middle. Can't. You can't throw it deep. Well, you don't have the receivers to throw it deep, really. No, and there's no there's no shot that you're going to run the ball with that defensive line and that offensive line that the Jets have. And you you saw last week, they don't throw it deep. I mean, how many little dink and dunk screens did they throw? That's behind the line of scrimmage. I mean, this team is is doomed for this Sunday unless, I mean, they're going to have to give Darnold the full playbook eventually. But is this the week where you bust it out? I don't think so. It can't be the week, Sam Darnold. If you if you let him bust it out, I'm not saying that four picks. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, you lose all your confidence at that point. And especially for a guy coming out of USC who was notorious for throwing picks, yeah. you do not want to let him unleash his arm against this defense. And I think that's another question to be asked, you know, when it comes to a guy like Todd Bowles, because he's a defensive mind. Yeah. And when you look at this guy, it's just, is he the right guy? He's the right guy for now. But he's the right guy in Sam Darnold's future. Is he the guy two years down the line where Tom Brady, hopefully for this sake, is out of the division? And they have a real shot at winning it. Because, you know, a lot of people, a lot of Jets fans were really happy when Jeremy Bates became the quarterback coach. But I was but I didn't understand why they were so happy. I mean, this is a guy who this is a team that's notorious for can't for not being able to form quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was the he was the offensive coordinator coordinator, I believe, right? No, he was the quarterback's coach turned into offensive coordinator. Oh, so vice versa. So why yeah. So why again, why would they have all faith? I mean, they can't develop quarterbacks, so why would they have all the faith and trust in their third overall pick as the quarterback? I mean, that's another argument to be held. But, again, back to the Jets this week against the Jaguars, you know, what's to expect? What's a game predictions, winner, score? What's to what's, what's um, project? I see this being an incredibly boring game, very yeah. low scoring. I mean, because, yeah. you know, the Jets, they, they got a good defense. Yeah. I could call them great. Like, I mean, Jaguars are elite. So, But I think, you know, the Jaguars' offense is not anything to scream about. No. 
I think the Jets defense will beat the Jags offense, but you yeah. know, how, how did the Jaguars not win this game, especially after last week? He, he got embarrassed in that game. Marcus Mariota didn't even, Blaine Garrett was the starter yeah. in that game. And that was ridiculous. You put six points up on a defense that's yeah. pretty bad, too. Yeah. They're, they're not even a good defense. And, you know, that speaks, again, we're, we're talking positivity. I mean, they should only be fuel or energy towards this Jets team that really needs to kind of, you know, it, it, it's, it's again, this is a totally different revised Cleveland team. But to come off a loss to Cleveland, this would really help to potentially boost their confidence in winning a game against a fantastic defense. And I think not only for the team, but for Sam Darnold and that in general. If he could if he could win a game against this defense, I mean that kinda not it doesn't push away the Cleveland loss, but it necessarily just puts it in the blindfolds behind him. Yeah, and I think the Cleveland loss is as bad as it looks because, you know, it's Cleveland. But more importantly, the way they lost, they had the lead. Yeah. And they just blew it. They had a terrible second half. They had no adjustments to Baker Mayfield. They just they got to show some some uh, form of life this game, Have definitely, to, especially offensively. Definitely. So game predictions for this game, winner, who are you calling? As much as I would love to see Jets bust out a win here, it's very unlikely. So I'll give the Jaguars like a nineteen to ten win in an awful game. I'm gonna give them a thirteen ten for the Jaguars. Oh my I, goodness! I mean, just just like you know, folks, take the under. Well, you know, if if Leonard <laughs> if Leonard Fournette is playing, I mean, I think that gives them a clear edge. But yes. he didn't play last week, and you know, you saw. With a with a struggling defense and the Titans that they have, they were only able to put six points up on them. Yeah. So you know if Leonard Fournette doesn't play, obviously that defensive line is pretty solid, the yeah. Jets. So they may be able to stop them, but again, you know they really don't have any receiving core and they really don't have a great quarterback in Blake Bortles. But yeah, so I'm I'm gonna go winner Jaguars thirteen ten. You're gonna go winner Jaguars ten to nineteen to ten. Yeah. All right. All right, let's move on to the other New York uh, football team. Let's go to the Giants. The Giants beat the Texans 27-22. to Bad news, however, already starting off to a uh, injured team again. Evan Ingram, sprained MCL, out two to four weeks. So that puts him around the time of bye week. That puts him around bye week if it's the full four. Yeah, that's, so, it's, it's that's not, huge. <laughs> it's a big loss. It's huge. You know what it is? It just gives you another weapon to aim at because it's just yes. you look at not that not that this is easy for defenses, but you know it's one less guy. You know, you already got Odell. Saquon proved himself in this in this game, especially that he could pass catch. Yeah, he's great. Sterling Shepard is kind of gotten himself back into that role as a mm-hmm. second slot receiver type of guy who's very valuable to this team. But you lose a you lose a great weapon in Evan Ingram because he he could block too. And he, yes. I believe he ran a faster 40 than Saquon and Odell. Wow. I, I would believe that because coming out in the draft, uh, everyone used the classic tight end phase uh, phrase that he's a wide receiver just stuck in a tight end's body, which it's is true. exactly it because he's, he's an insane athlete. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, no, big loss. Now I think uh, Rhett Ellison will start. Well, Rhett Ellison, they already had, they already had him starting, but the uh, problem gotcha. with this is – for future-wise, not future, but the next two to four yeah. weeks, whenever Ingram comes back, is you had Ellison lined up on that right side to help now starter Chad Wheeler block against defenses. So now what do you do? I mean, you, yeah. do you line him up on that right side, let Eli get killed, or do you lose a, a weaponry spot and use it as a blocking tight end? I mean, obviously there's going to be plays where I believe mostly, as Mike Shula, if I was Mike Shula, I would use him more of a blocking tight end because of the fact that he could do that at a high level. Yes. But you could uh, also use him yeah. as that surprise attack as offense, which is nice to have. 
Yeah, I would definitely prioritize the blocking. Yeah. So, uh, Eli Manning. Yes. Eli Manning has proven himself that he could still play. I, I believe that. He had a, he had a great game. 25 of 29, 297 yards, two touchdowns, second highest completion, completion I can't even say it, completion hmm. percentage of his career. Now, ladies and gentlemen, when we think about how bad this offensive line is, Eli Manning, as a 37-year-old quarterback, had the second highest completion percentage game of his career. With one switch of a man by the name of Eric Flowers, <laughs> one ma- one move, four four compa- uh, four passes weren't completed, and he threw for almost three hundred yards and two touchdowns, which was absolutely ridiculous. And if Ingram didn't go down in that first half, they probably would have hit thirty points because yes. just having him as a threat. I mean, I mean, this is this is, it's 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 almost like sickening in a way, to realize how bad. He truly was, and how bad this offensive line was at one point that they really wasted a good chunk of Eli's career. <laughs> they really did, and also they wasted that draft pick, first round pick, tenth overall. Yeah, yeah, that's that's huge. And uh, Eli Manning throwing the ball twenty nine times, only four of them incomplete, only four hit the ground. I mean, and he was mobile in the pocket. Yeah, that was a very he good was, game. It was huge. As a Jets fan, it's still kind of funny for them still have to get that thirty point mark. But, yeah, but they were close. They no, were close. listen, as a they Giants a fan, game. yeah, they did play a good game. Very good. Uh, Saquads, Saquon, continues to impress. 82 yards rushing on 17 attempts, one touchdown. Has proven himself that he could pass catch at an NFL level two at a high rate. Stud. Stud. Odell Beckham Jr., nine receptions, 109 yards. Yet to find the end zone. I think that, I don't know when this problem is going to end, but it could foreseeably be a major problem at one of your best receivers. Like you see down in Atlanta, you know, mm-hmm. Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, they just can't oh. connect in the end zone. I don't want to see this happen with this Giants team. This will be very bad, especially with the money you just paid him. Not that he's not worth the money, but you got to get some targets in the end zone, Eli. And you no, got I agree for sure. Yeah, and you got Sterling Shepard, eighty yards, one touchdown. The Chad Wheeler and John Greco effect. People forgot about that too. John Halapio went down in Dallas. He was the starting center for the Giants. The Giants this past offseason traded away Brett Jones to the Minnesota Vikings, which was their backup center at the time. But eleven. Season veteran John Greco comes in and he really solidifies that defense. He really molds that left side and right side together in which they can protect Eli and move in the pocket. I mean, I saw a totally different side of Eli that I've never seen, well, not never seen, but haven't seen in a long time where he just feels comfortable. I mean, when you watch that Dallas game, it just looked like he was afraid. And I'm not, I'm not questioning his toughness, but he did. I mean, obviously, with that O line going to that I'd be game, scared. I'd be Marcus scared Lawrence too. Is in every play. He got Not sacked Marcus six Lawrence times. being in every every play, but Eric Flowers being your starting right tackle. <laughs> yeah, like that's the guy you're going to war with, protecting you. Exactly, that, that can't be a good feeling. No, it is not. Yeah, uh, I mean, you, you see what Eli could do when he's got a pocket. Yeah, I mean, he's still he's still he's a good still, quarterback, and I'm an Eli guy. I really believe in him. And if you just just protect him, I mean, look what he could do. Yeah, phenomenal. It really is. Other side of the game, Deshaun Watson. Big concern. Going back to the Giants' defense, big concern. Even though they won this game, pulled it out by basically the skin of their teeth, Deshaun Watson threw for 385 yards with two touchdowns and threw one pick, which was incredibly picked off by Alec Ogletree. That was a great pick. Yeah, Very athletic, very athletic linebacker. Will Fuller had 101 yards, one touchdown. DeAndre Hopkins had 86 yards. J.J. Watt, you know that defense, they just didn't come a lot to the second half. If they, came, if they played half as good as they were in the second half, they would have wound up pulling away with the win. I'm talking about the Texans. J.J. Watt just took advantage of the fact that Chad Wheeler was in at right tackle, and you know, 
when you look at Chad Wheeler, you can't say that he performed bad because at the end of the day, you're performing at one of the all-time greats at the defensive end position. Yeah. So you just, I mean, you deal with what you got to deal with, but that's going to be the, for the Giants, that's going to be the process down the way. I mean, you're going to have to go up against the Bucks at one point in the season. You know, JPP, they're going to wind up lining him down there. You know, a little, yes. a little anger and frustration towards the Giants, taking it out on them. Khalil Mack. <laughs> That'll be fun. That's not going to be fun. Uh, that's <laughs> not. That's going to be bad. That's going to be really bad. Yeah. Uh, the uh, then you got other teams like Philadelphia with solid defenses. I mean, even a de- even a defense like Dallas that you got to play again. I mean, they just made the Giants look silly. I mean, they did. They spent so much money on that offensive line. It looked like they got even worse than they did the season before on the offensive line. So this weekend, the Giants put the Saints at home. They will be without. Write this down. Eli Apple, starting cornerback. Olivier Vernon, starting linebacker. Jonathan Stort, don't really use that much, but still solid back. Evan Ingram, starting tight end. And Cody Latimer, who at one point was returning punts and kicks for them and starting in the slot position as a receiver for sometimes on offensive plays. So when a guy like Drew Brees is able to single-handedly carry a team offensively and just needs a little help from the defense. Not even a little help. I mean, Matt Ryan put 37 points up on him last week, the defense. This is not good for the Giants. I mean, I don't really see a way in which they could... I don't, I don't see a way in which they could prevent this team from just absolutely blowing them out of the water. I don't think it's going to be as crazy as a blowout, but I expect points. Points, points, points all day. Well, that's the thing. I mean, do we see the Giants putting up points? Oh, you know I mean, what? that's the major concern. Point. That's what I'm saying. They haven't put up 30 points in two years. Saints defense has been just terrible. Yeah. Like, like unexpectedly bad. Another thing, another defense to talk about. I mean, you, you yeah. see their defense. They only added pieces. Patrick Robinson, the starting cornerback from the Eagles that they brought over. Demario Davis, who led the league in tackles last year, brought yes. him over. I mean, they're, they're just they're terrible. Bottom line, defense-wise. Yeah, and Marshawn Lattimore not having the same season as last year. No. They're Marcus Williams, corner. too. Marcus Williams, too. No. P.J. Williams. Just no one is... Nobody's doing great on that defense. And plus, they traded, uh, I believe, this up. No, they definitely did this upcoming year's first round pick for to draft Marcus Davenport. And, I mean, I has he know. even played? I mean, I, I, I feel would, like you I would hear his so. name called. Yeah, I mean, maybe they're just, you know, just, he's not doing enough to get I his mean, name called, yeah. I guess. But I guess. They're I mean, just not I, doing good. I don't know. All right, so here's a, here's a question Will the Giants be able to contain Drew Brees and this offensive powerhouse? I love Drew Brees. I'm a huge fan of Drew Brees. He's arguably, in my opinion, the best quarterback that ever did it. I mean, I don't think he has the – the problem is he doesn't have the rings behind it. If yeah. he had another ring or two, he'd be the greatest quarterback of all time, in my opinion. That's he's, bottom he's line. He's got the numbers. He's he has got the, the numbers. This is a major thing, too. I love Drew Brees, but I would really not want to see him pass the all-time yards. Peyton Manning. For, no, not Peyton Manning. I believe it's uh, – I believe it's uh, John L. No, John L. Brett Favre? Brett Favre. God, there we go. I'm having a problem here tonight, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Brett Favre and Peyton Manning. I believe he needs another. I believe it's around 400. It might be in between 350 and 400 for the all-time passing for record? all time. Oh man, that's and it's very capable against this Giants team. Yeah. It really is, and I really don't want to see that. I love Drew Brees; he's a legend. Just don't want to see it done to my team. Case scenario: Will he be able to contain? Will the Giants be able to contain him? I don't believe so. I really don't. I mean, because they just got so many weapons offensively. But the, does anyone contain Drew Brees? Like, I don't think we're really knocking the Giants here. I mean, nobody contains Drew Brees, yeah. but people are able to put up the same, not but compete numbers wise offensively. The Giants, like the which Falcons are not, did, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I can't. If, if the Saints put up forty three, I cannot see the Giants doing the Falcons from last week and putting up thirty seven. But 
Yeah, I mean, maybe they get like a two turnovers, and that'll be game changer. Somehow they scrap two turnovers away from Drew Brees. Yeah, but other than that, I, I I agree with you. I don't know how they're gonna stop this guy. So, basically, predictions and winner. Basically, going with the Saints in this one. Uh, yeah, I'll take the Saints, but I'll take it a little tight. It'll probably be, I'll say like thirty-five. You know what? Thirty-five, thirty. I'll give you guys the thirty. You can give us a thirty. I think that defense. I if, if not now at home versus the Saints, then when is it gonna happen? I think that it's going to happen. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be 20 30. Ooh. 30 the Saints. I just yeah. I mean that's I mean it's just I just don't see the Giants competing offensively with this team. I will say I expect Odell to get in the end zone this week. I hope that's he my does. Prediction. I hope he does. Yes. So on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to step aside for a little break. When we get back, we're going to talk about the rest of the league regarding the NFL and we're going to talk about a little a little bit of the NBA. You're listening to Review and Preview here on WCWPSports.org. Good evening and welcome back to Review and Preview. I'm your host, Kyle Russo, and with me tonight, engineering the board for us for the first time, Mike Dawes. Mike Dawes, ladies and gentlemen. Appreciate you being out here, Mike. It seemed like everybody else couldn't be here. Yeah, it's great to be here. It's great to be here. Good thing Chris isn't here. I'm not a fan. <laughs> oh, man, he's, he's, he's definitely going to listen back to that one on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, he's been texting me. Yeah. Man, whatever. All right, let's get to the rest of the league. Regarding the NFL, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy G, done for the rest of the year with a torn ACL. That's that, stinks. That's rough. And you saw the play that it happened on, too. Yeah. It was just like – it was a play in which he was going for extra yardage rather than just yep. walking out, too. So it's that, – that, That's the play. Look, that'll keep him up at night, which really sucks. Yeah. And, you know, to bring this back to the Jets somehow, if, you know, people would say maybe they should have waited to trade Bridgewater, maybe this was an opportunity. But then to yeah. argue with myself like a crazy person – uh, the Niners just traded for Jimmy G. Like, do they have the assets like that? I don't know. It's just, it's a weird. Situation. Well, they just traded for Jimmy G. And yeah. not only traded for him, but they gave him the big money, one hundred thirty-five million, five years. I mean, so this is sucks. this is huge. Sucks uh, they lost him. He's the key of uh, Shanahan's offense, so they will yes. probably not be winning any games anytime soon this season. So and look for them at a high pick in the draft. Yeah, and I, yeah, I mean, they could be the first pick in the draft. Like they're they are really bad. Yeah. It's either yeah. them or the Cardinals, I would say, or the Bills, maybe. But I saw uh, they have seven, ooh, I think seven or five more primetime matchups coming up. Yikes. And that's C.J. Beathard. Yikes. I, I'm yeah. sure they'll get flexed out a couple times, but, yeah. oh, my gosh, what a bad break for uh, for us, the viewers. <laughs> yeah, not <laughs> good. C.J. Beathard. Not good, not good. Not good. Uh, newly acquired Khalil Mack of the Chicago Bears. All right. Uh, nothing really to say. I mean, the guy's a legend. Yeah. I mean, that's it. I mean, when John Gruden says we need pass rushers, I mean, that's just like that might be the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. Do you think he knows what he's saying? Like, I don't think he knows that they traded away Khalil Mack. Like, maybe <laughs> he thinks they're still he's still there, just waiting. You know, like yeah. you know, maybe we could work out a contract soon. But Khalil Mack continues to impress. Eleven tackles, four sacks, one interception for a TD, and get this one. I had to look back into the games each and every game because I didn't realize this. He's a forced fumble in every single game. He's just like he, this man's all over the field. He's just he's ridiculous. That's unbelievable. I mean, I mean, keeps this up. Defensive player of the year for sure. For sure. Already four sacks, three games into the season. A pick six is in there. A pick six he's is in there. He did. He had that uh, pick six first game at Green Bay with yep. the Chicago Bears. I'll never forget. Had the Packers to cover. Deshaun Kaiser comes in and he's the worst quarterback ever. Yep. The worst. Yep. That, yep. that about sums that game up real quick. Uh, all right. Yeah. Is Patrick Mahomes, I know Clem might not want to give it to him yet, but is Patrick Mahomes the real deal? Is he the future face 
of quarterbacks in this league. Yes. I mean, how could you even deny it this, at this point? This start by him is, is crazy. I mean, it's an all-time great start. Nobody's ever had 13 touchdowns to start off the first three games of the season. I believe one interception. No, he doesn't have any. Oh, he's oh, none. sorry, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Don't put a dent in this guy's uh, start to his career. But, yeah, listen, I'm not going to give – obviously, listen, this is – it's not individual performance. You know, when you have Tyreek Hill, Kareem Hunt, Travis Kelsey, and all those weapons that he has around him, obviously you're going to perform at a high level. But nobody could have expected this. And mark my words, if they lose first round in the playoffs again, Andy Reid is out of there. Wow, you think so? Even with this crazy offensive year? Do I think they're going to – no, I don't think they're going to lose. I'm saying if it happens. Oh, okay, yeah, like you paint a scenario. Okay. Because it just seems to happen every single year that he's yeah, a coach he, of an NFL team. You know, when he makes the playoffs, you just lose the first year. Yeah, first. He, he's a, he's a one-and-done guy for sure, which is a shame. He's a, I think he's a good He's coach. a great coach, without yeah. a doubt. All right, we're going to go back to last week, week three, New Orleans versus the Atlanta Falcons. Again, this is one of those games that we will be watching 20 years down the line and see as an all-time great game. Goes into final – Goes into overtime. Potential for third week, possibly ending off in a tie again. Because the Saints had this ball the entire overtime, basically. And Drew Brees absolutely carried them. Because like we like we were saying, Dawes, this, this defense is not the same that we saw last year. And uh, how about when he was running towards the end zone and two Falcon defenders gave oh my, him the old and shoulder tackle? And he did a little spin and move he on spin one off? Oh This man, is, he's got to be like 38, 37 years old. I think he's like 39. Yeah, <laughs> he's only, yeah, he's 39. When, when he, that was the most unbelievable play I think yep. I've seen in a while. That uh-huh. was great. So, Drew Brees completed 39 of 49 attempts. Passing-wise, 369, 396 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Alvin Kamara, the stud that he is. Stud. 16 attempts on rushing, 66 yards in total for rushing. Receiving 15 receptions, 124 yards for Mr. Kamara. Michael Thomas, legend, 10 receptions, legend. 129 yards. This guy, I mean, we want to talk about breaking the bank when he's going to get paid as a receiver. Oh, I mean, yeah. this guy is this guy's the real deal. I think he has like 38 receptions in three games. He had 16 two weeks ago. And then yeah. with this now, I forgot the number you said already. Ten. 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 That's yeah. crazy. And I'm sure he had a nice game week one. And what's crazy is what's crazy is this, that you have weapons like Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, and they weren't even the guys that got the touchdowns. They were ten <laughs> get, Ted Ginn. Ted Ginn. Cameron Meredith. And Zach Line. Who's Zach Line? Uh, I can't tell you. I don't exactly. Know. I think Ted Ginn will be scoring 60-yard touchdowns for the next two decades, apparently. Yeah, just, he's, How is he still fast? I don't... He's been in the league Well, he for didn't a actually have a 60-yard touchdown this game, but I, I get yeah, what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. But, and, yeah, he's... And on the Falcons' behalf of it, too. I mean, they're they're going to be a good team offensively this year, but they just lost way too many pieces defensively. I mean, Keanu Neal out for the rest of the season with Tornado. Deion Jones. Deion Jones is out. And Ricardo Allen, too, towards ACL. Three safeties? Or is Jones a linebacker? Jones is a linebacker. Yeah, but that's, that's not good. That's, that's crazy. confirmed not good. It's confirmed not good. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, heard it first. Mike Dahl is confirmed not good. <laughs> Losing three starters, not good. All right. Kansas City versus San Francisco. Kind of talked about this game a little bit. Patrick Mahomes, bottom line, I don't think we really need to say anything else, but this guy's the real deal. Yeah. And this will be a team definitely to watch as the playoffs approach and get further and deep into the playoffs. I mean, starting off the season 3-0. Who do they play this week? Kansas City. Kansas City plays. They're, they're at Denver. It's Monday night. That'll be an interesting game. Divisional game at Denver. Monday night game. Potentially first loss. I don't think so. I think Patrick Mahomes will ball out again. Yes. Philadelphia versus 
Indianapolis, I don't really want to talk about this game because I'm a Giants fan, but just to talk about Carson Wentz, you know, come back from a torn ACL, uh, played a solid game. He played did. a solid game. I mean, in, in, in a game where it came down to the wire, too. He played, a, he played a solid game for his first comeback game. 25 completions, 37 attempts, 255 yards, one touchdown. One interception, though. Yeah, the Colts, I mean, they're not bad. They're, they're definitely not bad. They're not bad, but I just the, – the, I don't know if it's the defense or just Andrew Luck. I, I feel like he's not, he's not at that gunslinger level like he was yeah. before he got hurt. He's just not even risking it anymore from what I'm seeing. But, again, we're only three weeks into the season. What do we know? I mean, it really doesn't start getting deep into it until it's like week six, week yes. seven. Then you can really start determining stuff. I remember last season, Alex Smith, the first five weeks of the season, everybody was saying MVP. It's just you okay. gotta you gotta <laughs> wait. You gotta wait till the middle of the season. Uh Monday night's game, Pittsburgh versus Tampa Bay. This was not Fitz Mag- Magic's fault. It, it wasn't. I mean, Pittsburgh should literally have no wins right now. It was <laughs> not his fault. I agree with that completely. It uh, this was uh this was an excellent game to watch. I mean, this was just that a was fun game. game. Offensively dominant type of game. It felt like uh, Mike Evans balled out, Chris Godwin, the defense. He, he fumbled a lot, but. He fumbled a lot, but he, he had, had a touchdown, game. 74 yeah, yards. Game. And, the uh, rushing isn't there, and it is now confirmed that he will be the starter week four for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, yeah, which is I well-deserved, well-deserved. I mean, you can't. Dirk Cutter, I mean, I, I wouldn't say he's completely safe as a coach, but how could you not ride this uh, this wave? You have to ride you the wave. Ride I mean, you have to. I mean, Dirk Cutter, just like you said, I mean, he's not going to put a guy in that – you know, could potentially lose him his own job. He's going to yeah, put the guy yeah. who's most likely to win. I mean, 1,200 yards in three games would have start. Yeah, and Fitzpatrick, you know, he's not – I think we're – safe to say he's not a good quarterback, but when he's hot, he's one of the best in the league. That's what we're yeah. seeing. I mean, he, we, he, we, I saw, we saw, what was it, two years ago, the Jets won 9-6. Yeah. Uh, they went 10-6. And, ten and six, and they, they went 10-6, and, and they lost that Buffalo game the last week of this last week of the season, and that's why they didn't get in. Yes. That was terrible. Three interceptions in the fourth quarter. Wilkerson went down. It was not good. All right. Game of the week. Game of the week. I'm looking at I'm looking at some of these games and I really like what this Oakland Cleveland games brings to the table. Ooh. I really I really like it. I mean it's, it's Baker Mayfield's first test. Yes. It's a potential first win for John Gruden. Gruden. Yes. I mean this is this is this is a very intriguing game for me. That's just my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree. Definitely agree. Because when you have these storylines going into the game are are great. Yeah. And. uh so, uh, Mike, let's pick one lock. Let's Got pick it. one upset. So I'm going to go first. I'm going to go with a lock and an upset. My lock for this week is going to be Green Bay versus Buffalo. I mean, it's just like I, I don't see Buffalo being able to do what they did to Minnesota again to do it to Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. He should single-handedly be able to carry that team to a victory. And my upset for the week my upset for the week. I really like Baltimore against this. Excuse me. I really like Baltimore against this Pittsburgh team. I like that as well. I mean, I know it's a divisional game, so there's really no, I mean, I guess you'd say upset, but with the point spreader has Pittsburgh in the favor. Yeah, certainly. But, I mean, I just like this Baltimore team a lot. I mean, the additions of John Brown and Michael Crabtree have really been underrated. I mean, Alex Collins coming into himself. Uh, Buck Allen. Javarius Allen. Yes. I don't know why they call him Buck Allen, but they, they've, been, they've been very good. They have. All right, so your lock, your upset um, of the week. You know, lock of the week. I got the Chargers over the Niners. You know, yes, it's, that's it's, not, a, it's like I'm going out on a limb there, but yeah. I will say it's my lock of the week. And then my upset, 
I will pick the Cleveland Browns over the Raiders. Wow. That's good. Listen, yeah. That's a great. I mean, when you yeah, they're the Browns, and I think there's you know some to that. But they just got a flat-out better roster than the Browns and then the Raiders. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, I think each team doesn't have a great coach at the moment because I don't know what, you know, John Gruden looks a little lost as Hugh Jackson always looks lost. But well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily blame John Gruden for some of the losses. No, I'm some saying of the losses he's, he's of, not oh, yeah, a yeah. great year, yeah. though. Well, obviously, 0-3 yeah. to start <laughs> off the season is not a great way to represent your 10-year, $100 million contract. That's definitely not the way you want to start off. a crazy off. contract. All yeah, right. No, I'll go Cleveland. You'll go Cleveland. Nice. All right, so let's switch it over for the remaining three and a half minutes that we have left on the show to the NBA real quick. Breaking news, not really breaking news, but Jimmy Butler wants out of Minnesota. He, The interested teams, the original interested teams that he listed were, not interested teams, but the original teams that he wanted to be traded to were listed as the New York Knicks, the Brooklyn Nets, and the LA Clippers. About a day or two later, I believe he then discussed with his agent, and it had been posted by an NBA insider reporter that he wants to be traded to the Miami Heat. Hmm. But as of yesterday, it is seen that the asking price is way too steep for him. And, you know, when you give up, basically what they gave up for him, I mean, when they traded for him, they gave up the seventh overall pick, who was Laurie Markkinen, who's phenomenal for Chicago right now. Zach Levine, who, when healthy, is a great player, can turn into a scorer, definitely a Showtime type of player. And Chris Dunn, who had... I had some great moments for Chicago this past season. Yeah, huge potential with them. So apparently, I mean, I saw this on Instagram originally. I thought it was a fake <laughs> post, but apparently Minnesota called up the Sixers and asked for Ben, ben. Simmons <laughs> for Jimmy Butler. I don't know. I mean, that that's just straight-up ridiculous. When you have Ben Simmons, who's arguably could be the future face of this league once LeBron is yes, out, I mean, I I just like how do you trade that up for Jimmy Butler? Well, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. You got to ask. I mean, worst case scenario, they just hang up on you, which they probably did. That is true. Rumors. But, yeah, that, oh, that, yeah. <laughs> that would be an in-state trade if they traded Ben Simmons. Yeah, that would not be smart on the behalf of oh, uh, Elton Brand, newly, yes, good newly, for uh, yeah, new GM of the 76ers right now. Uh, another thing that's come up in the past couple of days, actually throughout this, uh, throughout the, I would say the off season, it's been a real question. Anthony Davis and his status with the Pelicans after the season. I mean. Man is 25 years old, balls out as a god. Why, why, why do you want to? I'm not going to say waste your time, but waste your youth. I mean, in this Pel- in, a, in a Pelicans uniform, and I like the Pelicans a lot. But yeah. you know, you didn't sign Boogie back. I think that was it. When that was huge. That's got to be the turning point for especially yes. him. I mean, two Kentucky guys. That's got to be the. That's actually, if you want to, you want to list it like this. It's three Kentucky guys because they didn't bring back Rondo either. Yeah. So. Uh, Rondo was one of the main reasons why that whole thing worked. I mean, when it came down to the playoffs, they swept the Trailblazers. That was huge. But Anthony Davis is rumored to be seen around L.A. Not rumored to be seen around L.A., but possibilities of being traded to the L.A. Lakers next season. That, in my opinion, is very, very possible. I mean, I, uh, the Lakers have a ton of a ton of weapons that they could just trade. I mean, they you know, do. I mean, uh, the whole, I don't know the value of Lonzo Ball, but uh, Josh Hart. You have a guy like Kuzma. Even like Brandon Ingram, who well, yeah, he was a top pick a couple years ago. Yeah, second overall. All right, and to end off this last 30 seconds, did Kawhi Leonard forget how to laugh? I mean, we all, we all, all sports fans, even if you're not even a basketball fan, I think we all saw this in which Kawhi Leonard looked like he absolutely forgot how to laugh. And, you know, he's notorious for being that guy who's not very social. 
yeah. as viewed. Robot, basically. Basically <laughs> robot. He, it seemed like he had forgot how to laugh. It was kind of, might have been the funny, that definitely put a smile on my face. Oh, it's hilarious. Ago. I hope that never leaves the timeline. I want to watch it for the rest of my life. And will he stay in Toronto? He's rumored to basically just be focusing on Toronto. Yeah, I'll say no, but... You think no? Where yeah. do you think he's going then? If he's, I think L.A. He seems to, you know, the rumors were he's going right to L.A. So I don't the know. Clippers or Lakers? Because the rumors were Clippers because he doesn't... Uh, a lot of people, I don't know what the problem is, but they just don't want to play with LeBron. I mean, Jimmy Butler yeah. too. He said he preferred the Clippers because he doesn't want to... He wants to be in L.A. He just doesn't want to be with LeBron. I mean, so... That's interesting. Yeah. Listen, I could definitely see it happening, but, you know... I mean, we saw what Paul George last season re-signed yes, with the Thunder point. after no hope in the world that they were ever going to re-sign him back. So maybe, maybe. I mean, anything maybe. is possible in this league. Yeah, anything is you possible. Got, you got to give Toronto at least a chance, without a doubt, without a doubt. Yep. And on that note, folks, we're going to end the show tonight. Review and preview. Thank you for joining us all. Everybody, have a good night. Thank you. I'm your host Kyle Russo. With with me tonight, Mike Dawes. Everybody, give a shout out to Mike Dawes. Thanks a lot. Have a good night, everybody. Like what you hear? Here's how you can let us know. Give us a call at 516-299-2626 or email us at info at wcwp.org. Like us at facebook.com slash mywcwp and leave a comment or tweet us at mywcwp. We welcome all kinds of feedback. To directly support the podcast you just enjoyed, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to give back, visit wcwp.org.